welcome to Swapping Joysticks. Uh, it is, well, today is International Wine Day, or at least Wine Day in the UK, uh, National Wine Day. And that is the most important thing about today. But it is also Swapping Joysticks Day, and I am Ben Ostwick, otherwise known as Biggest Ben, joined, as always, by her indoors, Ed Nightingale. Hello. Hello, you're right. Her indoors. Yeah. It's a very old misogynistic very Yorkshire phrase. <laughs> lovely. It's too hot. It's suddenly getting really hot. Yeah, someone's asked, is Ed hungover or drunk? No, just hot. Damn right. Oh, shit. Um, He's in a great mood today. Yeah, I'm, I've been <laughs> tired and crumpy today, uh, which is fine. But it's, it, yeah, it just suddenly feels, suddenly feels hot. I've had to get my shorts out and get the towel out on the chair because otherwise I stick to it. Yeah. These are very short shots. Got a, I can see he's looking at me. Oh, shush. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got his shots out. And if you're lucky, he'll stand up uh, later and forget. No. But uh, yeah, this is uh, Swapping Joysticks. And also, uh, I just decided literally about one minute before we went live, or before like I, we became like on the screen, uh, that actually next time I'm going to move this microphone over to the other side. So and you don't. it's not in my way. <laughs> so it's not completely blocking his vision but there are people who listen on the podcast and have no idea what this looks like so at the moment just imagine two mics kind of leaning over from one side and ed's kind of covered well maybe they should go to swappingjoysticks.com and um, slash youtube slash youtube and watch some of the old ones yeah but also go and listen to us on podcast players because that is always great yeah wherever you like wherever you like yeah Do get you know us what? whichever side whatever way you'd like i think we need a sugar rush Yes, yeah, so we have been very, very kindly gifted by K-Truth, uh, who, uh, who we met in, uh, in London a few days ago. And she was like, here is a big bag of American things. Have them. <laughs> well, it was a week ago, and we've slowly worked our way through some of them. Some of them, yes. We still got peeps that we should always have. We should also have. Maybe we'll have those at some point. Some point later. Uh, yeah, but... But first up, we have a drink, a very American drink called... Wine. No. no. <laughs> That's yet to come. We do have wine. We do have a wine. Yeah. Because it's National Wine Day. Happy National Wine um, Day. But before that, we have a little can of... See, I thought it was dandelion and burdock, but I think that's a British thing, isn't it? Yes. It's root beer. I've never had root beer. You've never had it before? Never. Root beer tastes like medicine. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. In a good way. When you say in a good way. I do mean in a good way. Uh... Um, okay. What else? We got some little like cheesy biscuits in the shapes of fishes. Fishes? Fish. Fish, yeah. Um, they yeah. were nice. They just tasted like mini cheddars. Mini cheddar. Yes, they were. We had some... Some Reese's Pieces bar things. Oh my God, the Reese things. I, they had like Reese's Pieces with Smarties in them. That oh my good. God, that was the best. It wasn't Reese's Pieces. It was Reese like stick bar. Reese's stick. Reese's stick, yeah. <laughs> Reese bar. Reese's bar. Big chocolate bar. And it had like, yeah, some... Yeah, some things that they were really, really, really nice. Um, yeah, and we had Reese. I don't know. Oh, no, there were various Reese's things. Yeah. They were tasty. Mm. I would have them again. Yeah, definitely. Can mm. you pass me the other can? Right, here you go. So we're going to try this out. Um, right. Bit of, bit of SMR. Yeah. So, the, yeah, this is. Oh, my is God, that's sped right in my face. There you go. There's a sound clip. Um, but yeah, this is root beer since 1919. I don't think it's that old. 100 calories. Uh, 
doesn't say anything exciting on it. Well, it's a good job I've got a towel, isn't it? Did you just dribble? I squirted all over my face. Oh, dear. No fat, apparently. Well, and cheers. It's in Texas. Cowboy City. State. Here you go. Cheers. Cheers. Right, Enjoy your first see what sip. This is like. Shall I smell it as well first? If you want. Oh, that smells revolting. It smells like... Like antiseptic. Yeah, I told you. Oh. It tastes like medicine. And it tastes like antiseptic as well. It tastes <laughs> like a doctor's surgery. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's not offensive. Yeah. It is weird. Yeah. Literally tastes like a doctor's surgery. Oh. And now I'm going to go into a doctor. Next time I'm going to a doctor's, I'm going to be like, oh... Smells like root beer in here. Yeah. Why? What is root beer? Why is it? And it's not beer. I actually don't know. What is? I was looking at the ingredients earlier. Corn syrup. It's it's literally just water, carbonated water, high fructose corn syrup, mm. caramel color, sodium benzoate, which is some sort of preservative, natural and artificial flavors. There's nothing natural about this. No, that's about it. Yeah. Um, Money says, how do you know what a doctor's surgery tastes like? I mean, it's it tastes like a doctor's surgery smells like. It's a bit like the taste of a steak and kidney pie tastes like how a cow, an alive cow smells like. It's not nice. Yeah. Brewed from roots. Like what roots? Hair roots? Yeah. What roots? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, that will, I'm looking forward to washing that taste out of my mouth with some wine later on as it is National Wine Day. And we do have something even more special, which, uh, oh, wait, wait. I know I'm going to, yeah, you're going to be able to see what it is, unfortunately, on here, but everybody else at home can have a little guess at what this is. It's a, uh, an electric bottle opener, a wine bottle opener. Ben is becoming bougie in his It costs less than 20 pounds. I thought that was you're a bargain. You're too posh to, to twist and pull. Yeah, no, I don't, no, because, oh, no, it's too much effort. Yeah, too posh to posh. Pull. Yeah. Under £20. I thought, you know, I, I've seen these before. I've had them before. And I always thought they were like about £60, £70. Because they work really well. I hope this one does. But I, then, think, I think that's electric can openers. Well, we don't eat anything from a can. I figured it was A&W root beer before I saw the can. Or from the taste. <laughs> what is A&W? What does A&W stand for? Are they, are they two people? Uh... A arse and wedgie. I don't know. Like Biggest and Wedge. Biggest, biggest and Wedge. Biggest and Wedge. Biggest and Wedge. <laughs> I would love to be... No. No, I wouldn't like to be with Wedge. With Biggs. In Final Fantasy VII. Anal and Wank. Yeah. Both of those. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that is the... Uh, well, that was the, the bottle opener and uh, root beer. Welcome to this gaming podcast. We're going to be talking about games because lots of game stuff happened. Also, send us food because we like to taste it. Yeah, we'll try out. And also from K Truth, who sent this uh, Los Angeles Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso Robles, we'll be trying that um, probably halfway through with your with your electric bottle opener. Yeah, I'll do that halfway through. I'll do that before the news. A drink bang. A drink bang, not a muck bang. Just any kind of bang, to be honest. Yeah, God, it'd be nice for once. Yeah. Um, but let us go into. Should we go into what games we've been playing or? Let's say, what have you been up to this week? What Have you done anything exciting? Oh, I know what we've done. What have we done? Oh, well, I have. I've ordered something that's coming tomorrow. Oh, 
show off a bit more then. Well, not if you think it's just showing off. But we've got an OLED TV coming tomorrow. Oh, to replace this horrible like one with like weird white lines on it and kind of turns itself off every now and again. There isn't. Okay, can I just say there's nothing wrong with my very nice Sony TV. Does it or does it not have little white lines across the screen when you play on PlayStation? That is a problem with the PlayStation, I think, not the TV. Um, and does it or sometimes maybe the go? So does it sometimes go and then turn itself off? That's a weird YouTube thing. Okay, so it's YouTube's fault for that one. <laughs> Honestly, you've got a Sony, and I've had Sony TVs in the past, and I've had Sony laptops in the past. No, I, they're not good. I have never not had a Sony TV my entire life. Every single TV I've had, even my parents' TV, has always been a Sony. And now you've gone LG. and bought us an LG. It's the L, for those who don't know, it's the LG C2. And I cannot believe, so I was looking at the, because there's the C3 that came out in March, but you can only get it on the <laughs> LG. People wonder why I'm a Sony shill. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've read the comments of uh, Eurogamer. But like there's the C2 and the and C3. C3 is the one that's just come out. And I had a look and they were like, yeah, it's um, it's a little bit of an upgrade. Um, it's not a massive upgrade. You know, there's a couple of, some of the features were like to do with sound, but we've already got like a really nice system that you're, that you've got, um, you've had for ages that work. So you don't really need that. And I'm like, the C2 is, apparently 7-Dash says C2 is the OLED that is recommended for gamers. Yeah, that is one That's thing. That's why we got it. <laughs> There's a subreddit just for OLED gaming. And it's, I've had, uh, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was a C2 because it was way before then, but I've had OLED LG before and it's stunning. Like it, it's, it's like it did to me kind of what um, the Switch OLED did for handheld gaming. Like it made me want to actually watch things and play things because it's just so beautiful. Um, but it's really nice. And the thing is like the C3 that came out in March, you can only get it from the LG, uh, shop. And it was what, 2,100 pounds from there. Whereas the C1 I got from, what did I get it from? Richer Sounds. Richer Sounds. An, an audio shop. Yeah. Uh, for under 1,100. It was like, it was about a thousand pounds cheaper than the C3. And it's only one year older and... It is, there's a, a very slightly better, I think, yeah, bit of from this on the C3 compared to the C2. So I felt like I got a bargain. I think I've, I feel like I've saved money despite spending a lot of that sponsorship money money from PlayStation from that. Mm. Um, 7Dash says, I hear Metroid, Dro Metroid Dread is another title that was really intended for OLED. Absolutely, because that came out with the Switch OLED. And when they were showing off the new console, they were showing off uh metroid dread and because it's so dark in that game it really like just pings off the screen mm. um also phenomenal game he hates it i love it no, it's not my kind of one thing. of us has taste uh yeah it's me uh it's uh, yes yeah, me if i this thing although i'm losing my sense of taste after drinking this root beer um it's 55 inches we're going i think that's the perfect size it's also weird because it goes up for 55. After 55, I think it's 65. But like 65 is ridiculously, it's like it jumps like 50% in price. It's weird. Uh, oh, there we go. We have uh, somebody who recognized. Not being recognized on Oh Twitch. my God, Ed is so what? famous. <laughs> somebody has come into the chat and said that they swear that Ed went to uni with my sister, Helen. Did you go to university with somebody called Helen? Maybe. Oh, Mr. Wibble says 55 inches is pretty small. Not in a London-sized flat. <laughs> in a London-sized well, flat, you get quite yeah, close exactly. to that TV. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, like the um, 
the HDR on OLED is like 10 times better than like what I've seen in others. I used to have a fake, oh, I used to have a TV and I think it was the LG, but they used to have HDR, but it wasn't, it was weird. Like it did, it just dimmed in certain areas. So it like turned the light off behind it in certain areas, but it there was no overlap. It was just, it was a really weird uh, and annoying um, and like just did not work at all. I just turned it off all the time. Mm. But yeah, oh, if you play a game like Ghost of Tsushima, for example, playing that on an OLED with full HDR turned on is stunning. Well, I mean, I guess this is where you're following on here. Um, part of the reason we've ordered it now is because there is a certain game coming out next month called Final Fantasy 16, which I suspect is going to look very pretty on a PlayStation 5 with an OLED TV. And that's the main reason that I agreed that we'd buy it. Miss Wheeler said, oh, I can't fit anything over 55 inches. <laughs> wow. But there you go. Sad times for you, Miss Wheeler. Yeah, not, uh, not what I've heard. But yeah, um, so that is coming tomorrow. We will give you a full tech uh, review next week when, when that comes. No, we won't. We'll be like, it looks really pretty. Like, it's really good. The colours are bright. I, I like it. I've also ordered Dune on 4K Blu-ray because I've never seen Dune. And I was like, if I'm going to watch Dune, I'm going to watch it the way God intended. In a cinema? No. On an IMAX? No. That's where OLED it should TV. be watched. Nothing should be watched in a cinema. Cinemas are terrible and should all oh, go out of business. We're not having this conversation again. Yeah. No, the, the, there are no redeeming qualities of a cinema. We will... No, it's much better to watch it on a TV. OLED, they don't get OLED cinema screens, do they? They, have, they have whatever else is nice tech and you've got good sound and stains. you get to sit in the dark. Like stains all over anyway, the screen. Anyway, we're going to put this on, on Saturday night and you're going to fall asleep within five minutes and then at the end go like, oh, I didn't like the film. I'm like, you didn't fucking watch it. <laughs> well, I think That's exactly what's going to happen. If, it, if a film, if I'm tired and a film is really, really good, I will not fall asleep. I watched, I actually watched, what was that movie with um, Harry Styles in? Nine, um, oh, the war one. The war 1940, one. whatever it was. Yeah. That one I watched. Or was it Dunkirk? Dunkirk. So yeah, Dunkirk I put on to fall asleep to because I was like, this is the perfect film to watch and fall asleep to it. And it was like about like half past 11 at night. I was on the sofa because, yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> didn't go to bed at that point uh, with that person. And uh, so I put that on to fall asleep. And I stayed up to like 2 a.m. watching that. It was brilliant. So yeah, if a and that was on an OLED TV. Do you know what? That film, it was brilliant. It was absolutely it fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I love a good war film. I do I do quite like a war film. <laughs> yeah. Give me a good war I like a good war film, though. Yeah, one that's really... And it's got beautiful music and just atmosphere. That's what I want. I just want music and atmosphere in a good film. See, Westman said, we have a cinema here in Malmö where kids are banned. They serve food, snacks and drinks to have during the movie. And they have awesome Dolby Atmos. Oh, I think like... there's there's one of those in London as well, I think. Yeah, but like they serve food, snacks and no. Well, that's the thing. What I don't want is someone like chewing next to me. But what I do want is children banned. Absolutely. Cinemas, so... well, in general. <laughs> but in cinemas, yeah. I mean, just go and see an 18, I guess. But yeah. Um, yeah, but then you get like the 19 year olds and they're the worst. When they're just there to like mm. finger each other in the back row. And you're like, I'm trying to watch the film. Can you not? Wow. Okay. That's the worst thing about cinema. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. I'm into this, says Jinx, I bet. <laughs> Which bit of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that plan. I don't think there's... A, like I said, just give me the 4K screen, put some headphones on if it's just me alone, and turn all the lights off and immerse yourself that way. That is 100% a better way to watch it. Also, like Dune cost me under £15 for the 4K Blu-ray, so I get to keep it afterwards. You don't get to keep anything after going to the cinema, apart from whatever you've sat in. The memories, Ben. No. I have only but only bad memories of the cinema. Wow. Well, the other thing we can do with the TV is play Final Fantasy 16. That's true. Oh, Carrie says not all teens are bad. When I went to see Force Awakens, the ones behind us were funny with the comments they made. Don't you dare make comments at me in a cinema. Oh, if somebody enjoy. opens their mouth, unless it's to put popcorn in it, get out. We do, we do watched, not speak to me. Interesting, Karen. I was watch. I watched. Uh, yeah, it was the Force Awakens in a cinema in Barcelona, and it was at midnight. Where I watched the mid. Went. I think I went to all three at midnight. Um, but yeah, I went to see it at midnight, and it was absolutely packed. And there were there were two uh, like three or four German kind of bros that had been out drinking most of the night behind us, and they were just making comments and talking and stuff. It was so annoying, but people were telling them to shut up. I mean, if you watch a film with me at home. Especially if it's a film that I know, I will sit and recite all the lines. And you can, you especially, can just deal with it. But if we're in the cinema, it is silent. I mean, I do, do, not, I do not wish for commentary. I've, I've mm. paid for for a ticket. I want to I want to see the film. I don't want to listen to some yeah. stuck-up-their-own-ass intellectual. That's, that's my job when yeah. I'm at home. <laughs> I don't want someone else doing that in the... No, you're the, the worst. Cinema. You're the worst when you're making comments and stuff and you're reciting it. And usually if you really like a film, I think you do the same to me. It's like you will deliberately go out of your way to dislike it. If I like a film? No, if I like a film, you'll go out of your way to dislike it and vice no. versa. No. What was the thing that you said? I don't like... base my opinion on your likes. Fine. Well, I'm going to make you watch <laughs> Kez. I've already seen Kez. I watched that at school. Oh, it's a classic. It's a school film that your teacher puts on to be like, oh, this will be educational for you. <laughs> yeah, there's a documentary. I can't remember what it was that you were like, I know the part of the reason that you don't like it is because I like it so much. Phoenix Rising? No. Okay, good, good. Good, good. Right. I have my own opinions, Ben. Do you? I thought you are Sony Shield, wow. paid for by Sony. Of course, I am a Sony Shield. I love Sony. We'll be talking about that very, very soon. But first, let's go into the games, games, games that we've been playing. Now, Ed is now able to talk about Final Fantasy 16. He has played mm, the whole played thing it. and he's going to be talking about the ending. No. Oh. Well, it wasn't, it technically wasn't <laughs> this week. It just, it was like a month ago. Um, there was a, a press preview and it was in um, the Tower of London in uh in London, really? Um, yeah, which was which was a very fitting setting, mm-hmm. um, and it was a it was a room, sort of medieval style room, then with loads of screens and playstations in, um, and uh, and Yoshida. Yeah, so you met Yoshi P. I did. And what did he say? Hello. Marquez. I did not see any ghosts in the tower, um, but. Um, but yeah, so I um so I got to play that, which was nice. And then the preview went up on Monday, so you can go to Eurogamer.net and you can read that. Um I also got to speak with Ben Starr and Susanna Fielding. 
who are the voice actors of Clive and Jill. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is also a little interview with them on Eurogamer.net, which you can go and read. So Ben is the voice of Clive, the main protagonist. Yes. Of the protagonist. It'd be great if he could come on the podcast, wouldn't it? That would be really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he does really love this role. Um, he is a lovely guy and is super, super nerd about Final Fantasy. So he was incredibly excited to be part of this game um, and I think is absolutely loving being part of the press and being interviewed and just chatting with nerds like us. And yeah, he's uh, he's a very lovely guy. Um, but yeah, you can read all about that on Eurogamer.net. But um, I'm, Eurogamer.net. I'm, I'm happy to sort of answer any questions about the game. I'm not going to like talk too much about it what basically what we played was the first sort of four hours or so of the game um and the opening probably not all of that but the opening it was the opening of the game and the very opening of that is what's going to be in the demo that is coming out ahead of release um we still don't know when that is but when that's out you'll be able to play the opening of the game um which i'm not going to spoil for you because i'm i'm not going to I'm not going to talk about the story. I mean, I'm also not allowed to. Uh, we're strictly told do not share any story spoilers. Um, Seven Dash is asking a question that I was going to ask you as well. Is there another game that you would compare the combat to? I mean, is it similar to 15's combat or would you go for a different franchise? Um, this is the biggest point of contention, I would say, with this game, is that there are a lot of older fans of the series that believe it should always be turn-based. Even though it's not been turn-based since For a very long 10. time. Um, 10? I do not agree with that no. opinion. Uh, 10. 12 wasn't? No. 12 was 13. not. 13, not really, no. Okay. Um, so yeah, 10. Um, the thing for me is that the, the combat in this is real-time. It is action RPG. Um, the combat designer... Um, used to work for Capcom and designed the combat for Devil May Cry 5. So it has that kind of Devil May Cry character action combat kind of vibe. I would also throw in an element of Monster Hunter and I would also throw in an element, don't hate me, of Dark Dark Souls. Souls. (laughs) only because it is that 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 those games are the ones that have sort of now set the standard i think for for 3d action fantasy games um and they're it's it's not it's not stamina based like dark souls um it's not as slow it's much much quicker than dark souls the comparison comes in more in boss fights so um (laughs) no It's not taking the dying from Dark Souls either. You don't lose all your experience or anything like that. Don't worry. Um, It's more just in um, the way that when you're against a boss fight, um, or when you are against a boss, you have to really sort of read their moves and sort of sit back. It's not about rushing in and dodging and whatever. It's more about sitting back, learning their attack pattern, dodging at the right time, occasionally parrying. Um, so it's about reading enemy movement as much as it is like learning your own patterns. Um, Clive, you only control Clive as well. You don't control the party. They are AI. Um, you can give a few commands to toggle the dog, um, who also FYI is adorable when you see him in puppy form. Um, and 
so you don't control the companions, but you only control Clive. But he takes on the power of different icons, which are the summons, which are sort of elemental. Um, and you switch between those with L2, I think the button is. Um, so it's almost like different weapon sets because that changes what your special moves are. So with Phoenix, it's a, um, like the circle button is a sort of rush into the enemy, sort of like rushing in towards them and grabbing them. Um, whereas with Garuda, it's the opposite where it's like a pull towards you. Um, and then Garuda obviously has lots of wind at special attacks and Phoenix has lots of fire attacks. Um, so you sort of switch between them like weapon sets like you would in Devil May Cry. What's um, the story like then from what you play? Because do we think that the demo is that's bound to come out is going to be the opening chapter? Do they yeah, say anything? Yeah, yeah, it is the opening chapter of the game. I, I'm not going to tell you what that is. Okay. Um, in terms of what happens. I mean, a, a lot is of it, it is stuff that is in the trailer. Is there um, a lot the of combat in the opening section? Because if that demo comes out, will people be able to get like a good feel of the combat? Yes. So the the first couple of hours sort of give you a bit of everything. There is um, there's combat. There's like there's a training and then teaching the combat, and then there's combat stuff. There's there's missions. There's story. There's icon battles, which is the big bombastic set pieces that they're really sort of pushing. There is a, li a little bit of every, of everything in the first couple of hours. So. What I'd say is that if you are maybe on the fence about the game, you're not sure if it's for you or not, um, the demo will be free. Uh, it's not out yet, but when it is, you can play through that and get a really good sense of what the game is about. In terms of story, in terms of the tone of it, I won't say anything, any specifics, but in terms of the tone, a lot of people, it's the sort of cliched thing, but a lot of people are saying, oh, it's darker in tone. Um, there have been Final Fantasy games that are a bit darker, um, I'd say the likes of Final Fantasy Twelve, or I haven't played it, but I hear Final Fantasy Tactics um, are a bit more about sort of political intrigue and less about fan fantasy magic and creatures. And there is there is still that in it. It's still got crystals. It's got all the sort of Final Fantasy things you'd expect. It's got Moogles. It's got Chocobo. It's got all those things. But it does have a very grim medieval fantasy kind of vibe to it. Um, when I when I spoke to Yoshida, um, I asked about that, and he did say that it was basically required that all the all the development team watched Game of Thrones, um, because that really inspired them. They wanted to do something that was Western in style, um, and they could see the popularity of Game of Thrones. Um, so there is a lot of that in it. I mean, to me, Clive and Torgal are very Jon Snow and Ghost. Um, there is a character that you meet later on, who is basically Hodor. Um, just a sort of tall, um, kind of slightly stupid man. Um, but sweet. Me. But sweet. I didn't look at you, no matter. Like Definitely not to me. Um, and so is the ending going to be really bad? The ending one, well, I don't know what the ending is. I hope not. Um, nearly got it out of it There's then. also, I don't know the ending. <laughs> um, there's also a lot of Lord of the Rings in it. Um, there Aragorn. is a shot. There is a specific shot that is almost identical to like, you know, that shot in. Um, I think technically it's in Two Towers no. at the beginning, where it's Gandalf and the Balrog battling each other, and there's that one shot where it's all up close, and then it suddenly goes out to like a distance shot, and you see them like falling through the darkness into a cavern while they're battling each other. There is an almost identical shot 
um, to that in this. Um, and even in the trailer that was shown yesterday, there's there's a, a bit of like Clive pushing open double doors, which it looks just like Aragorn when in slow motion, he's like pushing the doors open, looking all sexy. Um, there's a bit of that in 16 as well. So there is a lot of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of Lord of the Rings. Um, it's very much that dark Western medieval fantasy kind of vibe. Um, that plus the real-time combat is sort of, I think, making people think, oh, this isn't Final Fantasy. Um, and the the link Moni's put in chat to my, to my preview, that was kind of the main focus, really, of my preview. You know, I literally asked... So I spoke to Yoshida, I spoke to Koji Fox, or Koji Fox, who is the localization director, and Minagawa, who is the art director. And I asked all three of them, for you, what is the essence of Final Fantasy? And all three of them had a completely different answer, which isn't surprising, because to me, every single Final Fantasy game is distinct it has its own story a lot of them have their own battle system um this this series has experimented a lot over the years and tried different things different settings different combat systems to me this is no different as much as it is different to the rest of the series they're all individual um you know this is just experimenting with a medieval setting and it's experimenting with real-time action combat in in a way that other games have experimented elsewhere um so to me, they're all very different. And the fact that all three of them had very different views on what is the essence of Final Fantasy um, just speaks to how everyone has their own view on this series. Um, so and what is it for you? What is it for me? Yeah. Um, I think for me, it is that, that idea of experimentation. Um, every game is different. Every game explores different... Uh, like visual styles or settings or combat. Um, but there's always a sort of core to the game that just has a Final Fantasy feel to it. Um, and I think part of that comes through recurring names, recurring things like Chocobo and Moogle. Um, there's always a sort of core of Final Fantasy that's there. Um, and I think a lot of it as well is is about characters. Um, it's a fantasy game, but it's always about the characters in your party and the, and the story that you follow. So no matter what the setting, whatever the combat is, it's always down to who are those characters. Um, and as much as you only play as Clive here, he does have a number of different party members that join you that are there regularly. Admittedly, one of them is a dog. Um, but it does still have that character at the core. It does still have all those Final Fantasy tropes but they're experimenting with different things, which I think they hope, and I think it will, broaden the audience of Final Fantasy. This isn't just, you know, a sort of nerdy turn-based RPG for RPG nerds, of which I, I love that. But this is very much, you know, this is a... a it might as well be a first-person, a first-party Sony studio game, to be honest. Um, it's a PlayStation exclusive. It's just a really solid fantasy action game. It's weird when you see some of the stuff that Square Enix pump out and it, the quality is kind of meh. And then they do this and you're like, wow, okay, so you can produce really stunning blockbuster AAA games, but you can also produce kind of weird, splatoony, cloudy knockoffs. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it depends where their money is. And they know that Final Fantasy is the core of 
of what people expect from Square Enix. So yeah. if they, and let's be honest, the last couple have been a bit crap. Um, I mean, yeah, I actually, well, I actually really liked 13, but it was heavily criticized at the time for being too linear mm. and for having a story that just didn't make any sense. I still really like it, um, but I feel like I am in the minority there. Um, 14 was different because it was online. So we sort of discount that a little bit. It was terrible it's, it's when that came own, out. I mean, that was also awful, awful when it came out. Um, and then 15 was just a mess. Um, 15 just didn't have a complete story. Um, and yet I feel like through what what through the criticisms of 13, 14 and 15 and what happened with those games, what went wrong, I feel like they have learned from those mistakes. And so now what we have is a game that is incredibly well put together that they are very confident in um that has a complete story that is very story focused um but really well told even like the, those opening hours that i played never once did i feel confused as to like oh i don't understand who this character is or where are we or what's going on like it's yes there's there's lots of characters and there's lots going on but it's very comprehensively told there's also a new system called the active time law system which essentially is a button you press. Um, and it's essentially like the X-ray that you get on Amazon Prime. So when you're watching something on Amazon and it comes mm. up at the bottom with like, who are the characters? Who are the actors? It's essentially like that. So whoever you're with at the time, it will come up with a little glossary and you can see, okay, That's who are cool. these people? Um, where are we? You know, where are we? And it will explain who it is. So whether you're a bit confused or whether, you know, maybe you've, it's that thing of when you, when you stop playing a game for a while, and then you come back to it like three months later and you're like, well, hang on, what was what was going on? Where am I? You can press a button and sort of read up and remind yourself where I you are. I feel like Yoshi P is good at that. Like with Final Fantasy fourteen, obviously it's quite difficult if you've forgotten and stuff, but he's always wanting to play it. He wanted fourteen to be a game where you could just take a bit of a break from it and then go back to it. And it's not like completely, you know, you must be 100% into this for however many hours, you know, constantly every single day. Whereas maybe that's what he's like with this Final Fantasy sixteen as well. It's like, you know, if you want to take a break, Take a little break, come back, and there's an easy way to get back into it. Because I think a lot of games don't have that kind of easy like way to ease you back in. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am I am very 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 impressed by it. Um, I am a you know a big fan of the Final Fantasy games, and I really enjoy this. For me, it is Final Fantasy enough. For some people, it's not. Um, in which case. Go play Octopath Traveler. Go yeah, play Dragon Quest. Go play whatever else like is turn those ones. Yeah, so <laughs> there are plenty of other games that they make that will tick that old school turn based um, box for you. Like I said, for me, Final Fantasy has always been a much more modern take that is looking ahead at how can we modernize the series? How can we experiment? How can we do something new? Um, and 16 is, is doing that. Now, maybe what it's doing is bringing Final Fantasy in line with other action RPGs. So maybe for some people it lacks a bit of the originality, but it still plays really well. It feels great. Um, it looks phenomenal. It sounds phenomenal. The acting's incredible. Um, it, I mean, I could blabber on and I won't, but... Too late. My <laughs> Too late. Um, I guess as a point to finish with, when I asked um, the, the the three guys what what was the essence of Final Fantasy, Yoshida's answer I think is the most telling for this game, 
Um, and that is for him, Final Fantasy is a cinematic experience. And he used the example of Final Fantasy 1 and the sort of cold open you have where you start the game and it's that thing of you go through some story that intrigues you and then it comes up with the name of the game afterwards and you're like, okay, cool, I'm in. We're into Final Fantasy 1. And 16 does the same trick and it's a very old trick by now. Um, but him saying that for him, Final Fantasy is always cinematic. For me, it always also has been. If you look at, I mean, my favourites are 7, 8, 9 and... Minus 10 in that order and they all were really well known in the playstation era for having those incredibly high quality fmvs yeah. and it was always like whenever you got to an fmv it was a treat of like oh we're getting a story bit and it looks incredible and wow look at the incredible graphics mm. um and so it, it's always had the series for me has always had that cinematic element and i think that's something they've really pushed with 16 in terms of having it, like incredible looking graphics really good um storytelling and um and voice acting which isn't just voices all the acting uh great acting the cutscenes as well just the cinematography of them it, it feels really polished and really really well done so and then it seamlessly moves from 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 cinematic cinematic into combat and then it's like you're playing it so it feels like you are playing a film um so it does really have that cinematic quality to it um which is impressive if you're after a PS5 exclusive. But yeah, I think that also ticks the box for what is Final Fantasy. Anyway, I've witted on for far too long, but there we go. All right. Well, what is... What else would we... I mean, Zelda is the other one, but I've barely played it since last time I did it. No, I actually, I finished... Well, how, tell us how far you've got, Ben. I have be, uh, beaten the first boss, the first dungeon. Uh, I mean, it's not really a spoiler, but when you go in, it's like, yeah, here are these four areas. You go and beat them and i'm guessing then the story i doesn't say it's not like as very as obvious as the first one where it goes you need to kill ganon but also there are these four things um so that was quite obvious what you had to do there whereas this i think the story is going to evolve a bit more and uh, become something a little bit different but i'm enjoying it so far like the way to get to the dungeon um was a lot more entertaining than in the previous game because i think in the previous game you had to do just like one quest and then they took you to to the dungeon. The Divine Beast. The Divine Beast, yeah. So I like, well, I don't know what the other three are like, but the I've done the wind one, which is the kind of the, the one that they direct you towards at the beginning. So I've done that one. And yeah, I was going to say, because you can do them in any order. So when you say the first one. Yeah, the one that they directed me towards, the... Uh, the Rito. The Rito, which is actually the first one that I did in the original game. Um, so I went to Rito Village. Took quite a while like to get there. And there's lots of story there there are lots of dungeon of uh, shrines that you can do and yeah the actual quest and the and the mission to go to the dungeon was very very uh exciting and you know a lot of fun playing it um but yeah no i've enjoyed it i've i've beaten that one i beat that dungeon and it's weird because the other time that it took me to get to the divine beast type thing or the dungeon that took maybe about five times as long as the actual dungeon itself yep yeah but it was, yeah, it's funny. It does feel like it's a bit more difficult than the original. I think the original one, you got quite high quality weapons pretty quickly. Um, and like you could just go, whereas here, I think you need to start fusing them a bit more and, and yeah, be a bit more careful thinking. Yeah, I was going to use fuse on that. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm not in love with it, but it's, um, it's a good game. I think I feel similarly. I mean, we talked about it last week. 
I it's just missing that spark that Breath of the Wild had because it was just so new. Yeah, whereas nothing... this is kind of expected. Yeah, I'm going and like I've got no real kind of desire to go and pick it up now. Like I'm not going. Oh, no, oh I do. I'm not in, in my head. I'm not. Oh, let's finish. The, as soon as we finish the stream, I'm going to go and play some Zelda. I'm like, no, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll eventually get around to it. It's, um, I, it, it's good. I've, I've done the first dungeon. I'll put it down for a bit. And then later on in a month or two, maybe I'll go and focus on the second dungeon. Cause there's, I mean, there's Diablo coming out. There's the Final Fantasy 16 coming out. There's, this is something that I'll kind of go back to every now and again, but it, it's not something that's kind of grabbed me, you know, from start to finish. It'll definitely last because there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. Um I'm a bit further than you. I have done the well, second, so I did the wind one that you've done. And then I have also done the Goron dungeon as well. Um, which again has more of a build up towards it, which is nice. Um what what do you what well, from the one that you've done, what did you make of the dungeon compared to the Divine Beasts? They felt very similar. It felt very similar. Like the length of time, the size of it, the puzzles. It all felt very similar. In fact, it felt a little bit like... Well, I'd say it felt a bit... The, the wind one felt a little bit like the, the giant camel one. In the fact that it was this giant beast. So you had to go around on the outside of it to go back in. But actually, I think you did on most of them. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, because you don't control anything of it, do you? You don't. It's not like in the last one where you could rotate certain things or turn the hose from the elephant or that. None of that actually happens. Yeah, for me, the dungeons in Tears of the Kingdom um, are kind of somewhere between the classic ones from like Ocarina of Time on onwards, mixed with Breath of the Wild's ones. I was disappointed by the dungeons in Breath of the Wild in terms of the four divine beasts. Mm -hmm. For me, they were too short um, and they weren't distinct enough. Um, I love, we all know I love Ocarina of Time, but you know, you've got the water temple, the fire temple, the shadow temple. They all have their own distinct look and they have a nice distinct idea within it. Whereas all four divine beasts for me in Breath of the Wild are quite, samey and yeah there's something you control hmm. be it the trunk or the angle of the wings or whatever else but they're all kind of samey um and a bit short and like i said i've only done two of them in tears of the kingdom but they at least visually were different from each other um, i enjoyed the different boss the boss was very very different yes. to what they were in also a very good point breath of the wild um but the one thing I did like in The Divine Beasts is that it's it's not just, you know, get the big key to get to the boss. It's, oh, you've got to unlock the five things or whatever they were in Breath of the Wild. Um, and you can do that in any order. So there's that sense of non-linearity to, to the dungeon, which I really like. And I think this, in Tears of the Kingdom, they've retained a bit of that sense of non-linearity from Breath of the Wild, which I enjoy, but it's also got a bit more of the sort of distinction um, from from the older style dungeons. Um, for me, it still kind of falls down the middle somewhere. Where it's sort of not either of them. I 
I prefer them to Breath of the Wild, but I still really want like the old style of dungeon. This is it's yeah. still not quite scratching the itch for me of like the perfect Zelda game, which I know exists, but they haven't made it yet. <laughs> yeah, I can. Oh, well, no, I think it's perfect for what it wants to be, but. I thought I wanted a sequel and now I'm playing it. I'm like, maybe I don't actually. Maybe I wanted something completely new and completely different. Mm. But it's, I'm not going to lie. It is a, a very good game. I'm just not completely addicted to it. But I'm very rarely addicted to a game. See, I love, I love the overworld in both this and Breath of the Wild. And I love that it's got the layers and all of that kind of stuff. Um... But what I want really is that kind of world, but then the same sense of discovery you get with each dungeon. So I want maybe like eight dungeons, not four. And I want them to be more themed, but I also want them to be hidden. So rather than it being very obvious, oh, you should go here and do this quest and then you'll find a temple. I want it to just be like at the start, oh, you need to collect the eight things, off you go. And then you're just free to go wherever you want. And maybe, yes, maybe one is in a volcano, but maybe to get there, you kind of stumble upon it and you fall into a cave and then suddenly it opens out and there's a big temple and you didn't expect it in there. Or yeah. It's that sense of discovery that I really like. Because I remember when the first, when Breath of the Wild came out and people were like, oh my God, you should, you know, the previews came out a little bit before it was released and they were talking like, this game is absolutely incredible. It is massive. I remember Dan Reichert talking on the Jam Bombcast. He was play, he'd been the only person that played it and was like, this is just incredible. Like it's an open world. It's really tricky, tricky at the start. But like you can just go anywhere. Like the, the game makes it so that you can just go and do absolutely whatever you want. And that people were just like, yeah, had their minds blown about what this was. And then the game came out and it was like, wow, this is changing the landscape of of open world RPGs. Whereas, yeah, this doesn't do that. No, it's just building on the basis. And yeah, that's fine. It's a sequel. It's not, uh, they've not reinvented the wheel. They've just, you know, upgraded it. Yeah. Hmm. I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah. Oh. Um, as uh, Black Fox Kitsune in the chat says, if the water temple is too easy, it's not a true Zelda. I agree. But I haven't got to the Zora one yet in Tears of the Kingdom, so I can't comment on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've Should also, we see what the people have been well, playing? I've also been oh. playing. Well, yeah, no. I've Sorry. also been playing Marvel Snap. Of course you have. I'm still obsessed. And I've got really, I'm quite a high rank now. I'm like level 57 or something or 56. But I keep losing and it really upsets me. But yeah. Marvel Snap, brilliant game still. I don't think we've played anything else. Nothing we can talk about anyway. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There you go. Be glad you didn't... Uh, uh, is saying they were around for the first ones. I mean, the black and green screen, I did play Link's Awakening on a Game Boy. So that was my introduction to Zelda. The very... Yeah. The very, that. the very first game I ever played was... Um, what was it called? Link to the Past. On the brilliant SNES. Brilliant game. Absolutely brilliant game. It was great at throwing pots. Of course you are. Yeah. Uh, Sam Dash says, I haven't touched it since it released, unfortunately. Do you mean the Tis of the Kingdom? Yeah. But there, like I said, there are lots of good games. And the, I feel the, that is the good thing about Zelda. We were talking about games that you can just put down and pick up again. I can pick Zelda up and I'll know exactly where I need to. I can see exactly where I've been. I can see where I want to kind of maybe go. I don't really need to. The story is quite simple so far. It's. I think you can put the game down for six months and come back and have absolutely no issues. I mean, that's like any Zelda. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Oh, Marvel Snap is what you haven't touched since release. Oh, 
don't actually, Gus. You will get hooked. Ben's obsessed with it. It honestly. is brilliant. I, I like every single time I go to the toilet, even if it's for a wee, I just go and, I go and sit down because I can get a game or two of Marvel oh, Snap. Waited there for so long. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's what go and see what, have been playing? what the peepholes have been playing before we uh, open up this wine. Um, let's have a look. Right. Thank you to everybody who uh, who sent in their answers today. If you're not in the Discord as well, exclamation mark Discord. Mm. And then you can answer our question of the day, which on a Thursday is always, what have you been playing? What have you been playing? Yes, exclamation mark Discord. Go and uh, join us in Discord. If you are listening to this on a podcast and you want to join us and it's like, well, I am I can't see the link. It's discord.gg slash biggestbenus. Nice and easy. Discord.gg slash biggestbenus. But let's kick it off with clues. Ed, fire away. So, Clues has two reviews for us this week. Um, the first is V Rising, um, which I think Clues was playing last week. I yeah. seem to remember. Um, Vampire-themed survival base-building game that's actually really hard. Combat seems to be focus the focus of the game, and the base-building is tacked on, albeit done very, very well. Uh, I've seen videos of people showcasing their castles like Designer Animal Crossing Islands, and it's fantastic. The game seems to be primarily designed for team PvP, uh, which different clans vying for resource and prime locations, and to be fair, it achieves this very, very well. As a solo player, however, this means the content is a more challenging, is more challenging and grindy, since the only way to progress is by killing difficult bosses. All in all, it has sucked all my time out, and I have no time to jump into Destiny because I'm a vampire. I like V. Well, V Rising was kind of fun what I played of it, but it was just really, really dark. So I was streaming it, and it wasn't really very visually appealing, and I, I, it sucked the energy from me. Like a vampire. There you go. Uh, and then the other game Clues has been playing is Monster Hunter World, the board game. What? Which I did not know existed. So there we go. Yeah. It is video game themed, so we'll allow it. Um, I pledged for the Kickstarter of this game in 2020 and only just got it. So typical Kickstarter. Kick That's quite lucky, actually. Shenanigans. Three days is, uh, three years is uh, actually quite lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, as a monster hunter game, you track down monsters, hunt them, harvest them for parts and materials, and then upgrade your gear. It took us 30 minutes to decipher all the iconography on a small uh, one centimeter by one centimeter card. That is tiny. Yeah, that is tiny. Uh, so this is a very rules-heavy board game. Once you get into the hang of things, though, combat is brutal, like the video game, with the monster capable of downing you in one hit, even before you can react. Wow. Mm. Uh, but whilst the video game is about twitch reflexes and muscle memory for weapon combos... The board game focuses heavily on tactics and teamwork. There were many tense and close calls during the one hour long session that emulate those tensions in the video game. I do recommend people to try it if they can get access to it. I bought it ostensibly for the miniatures, but I like the game mechanics. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to follow, like little miniature things, put it on the shelf, mm. looks pretty. There are so many board games now based on video games as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is a successful video game let's make it into a board game like there's a dbd one there's mm. there's a stardew valley one there's loads of others and i always wonder like how well does that really transfer to a board game uh it's a cash grab i mean fair yeah uh games mistress i hate giving shit reviews but i have one this week Ooh. i well love the review shit the review. review shit yeah either or is this a review of shit or is it just a shit review? No, I mean like... Or like a review just, of a shit she's game. Just badly reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's written really badly. Yeah. Um, no, bad reviews are always fun. You get to just... Speaking of which, have you seen the Gollum uh, reviews came out today? I'm you, not responsible for those. You played Gollum, but just before I do that, what did you think of Gollum when you played it? I didn't think it was very good. 
Oh, you're right. Yeah. But I was nice in the preview because I, well, firstly, we didn't play very much of it, but also I got to chat with one of the writers who's like a Tolkien lore expert and, um, and he was really lovely. So we had a nice chat and we talked about Tolkien lore. Yeah. Um, which they seemed sort of quite heavy on in the game, even though it didn't play very well. But I was hopeful that they would polish it. And it turns out they didn't. No, it had a downgrade, a big downgrade, didn't it? From mm. when it was first shown. Got anyway, on. so Games Mistress has started playing a cute little game called Woo Loop. Woo Loop. Woo Loop. Woo Woo. It's not for me. It's not for me. It's not for Gemma, uh, which I believe is free on Steam. It's a crafty game where you wrap yarn and wool around pegs to create pictures. It's very simple and exactly what I was looking for. Something low pressure, very relaxing and zen, except they have removed all the joy from the craft itself. For instance, the pegs are arranged to make pictures, but the game won't even allow you to choose what direction you wrap the virtual yarn in. You can't even choose the color of the yarn you use. And as far as I can see, there's no free play mode. I like the idea of it, but the execution is overall disappointing. Even just a few small changes would make it way more fun for me. Oof. Well, that is very disappointing. Yeah, that is sad. Uh, Riley is back on Animal Crossing. Classic. So I've been buying turnips and selling them for bells, making and placing a lot of furniture and trying to get KK Slider to visit so I can unlock terraforming. I forgot how fun and relaxing the early game content can be. You were saying that, weren't you? At the beginning of Animal Crossing is the best bit. Yeah, I mean, I like all bits of it. I also love going back to my island, even though I've had it since, you know, March 2020 and being like, I don't know, there's a lot, so much nostalgia with my island now. I would never in a million years restart that one. Um, but it's, yeah, I I do like the opening bits and the, the start is really kind of fun um, as you're building it. But then you build the legacy and then that is, you know, how you play for months and months afterwards. That's the... That is also the fun part. Yeah, true. Mm. Um, for Lucia, your question in chat, that is on my to-do list. Mm. Um, Moni uh, is now about 60 hours into Tears of the Kingdom. And I really do have a love-hate relationship with it that I didn't have with Breath of the Wild. This building is ending me at times, she says in caps. Mm. And I think the game is sometimes taking the piss too. I get that it's cool to be creative with it. And I like it in the sense that it opened up the ways in which you can solve puzzles. Telling somebody how to solve something is even less valid in Tears of the Kingdom than in Breath of the Wild. But, fuck me, it's also a waste of fucking time sometimes. Yeah, can I just say that I agree with that. I had to, there was a guy and he was like, oh, hold up my, um, yeah, sign. hold up my sign. But it was the weirdest shaped sign. It had like a two bits sticking out of it, one on the top, and the bottom of the sign was like a pivot. And the amount of... I just glued a million things together and after about... Four, honestly, it was about 45 minutes. It finally stood up and then I got like... Crap. I got 20 rupees uh, and some and a dinner. I'm like, oh, thanks. That was pointless. You need, to, you need to build better, man. I was. I was building very, very well, but it's also a bit fiddly when you build. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Moni continues, it's a waste of fucking time sometimes. Without being too spoilery, I spent a good hour the other day on trying to solve a puzzle because they put all of the building stuff right there. So obviously my first instinct was, okay, I need to build something here to make this work. I started out doing the thing. She did the thing like Angela Bassett, mm -hmm. then dropped my build into the abyss where ultra hand wouldn't reach. So I couldn't pick it back up or get it up any other way that already annoyed me greatly. <laughs> 
Then oh, built if that some- was, see if that was on stream, that would be content, right? Yeah. Then built something else with the remaining stuff that was there, and when that also didn't work, I realised that something was hidden that I should have used instead, and that just annoyed me greatly because I would really prefer to decide what time I want to piss away or not. The game is already set out to distract you on every step that you make, so that just felt really unnecessary. That sounds hilarious, and I really, yeah, I think money should come back to streaming and stream some Tears of the Kingdom because. That would be so funny. I would love that. Yes. I would yeah. like to see that. Well. I would watch. I didn't care about spoilers and stuff. I would 100% watch that. Um, um, keep scrolling. Money says more. it wasn't uh, hilarious. I will do once my mouse has come back. Here we go. Okay. Westman says, Fishing in my Destiny 2. Why, yes. Destiny 2 was slowly turning into Sea of Thieves with space pirates. Diving for treasure underwater. It's methane, but who cares? And now Fishing. And the fishing is surprisingly relaxing and fun. You go to special fishing spots in the EDZ on Earth. What's that? Uh, the European Dead Zone or the Earth Dead Zone? I think it's European Dead Zone. Okay. Uh, Nessus, yes, you fish in Vex Milk. And on Savathun's Throne World. It's fairly easy where you line up, press E and wait for a nibble. If you time perfectly, you get a perfect catch, which helps filling up a meter, which makes finding rare fish easier. The meter fills up faster if you fish with friends. There's common, rare, legendary, and exotic fish, which you then can dunk, guardian, slam dunk, everything, into an aquarium up on the H-E-L-M. Helm. Helm. Well, it's spelt H-E-L-M. Yeah, so is Helm. Yeah. Uh, Rest of the season looks fun too. Are you going to give fishing a go? No. Why not? I'm burnt out from Destiny. I I go and love it for like four weeks, five weeks. No, maybe like four. And then, like, no, I'm done for six months. I love it, but it's a, it's very much a free-to-play game now. And with all these extra bits that they add that you have to buy, I don't know. It's I'm just... If the game grabbed me, and, like, story-wise, I think I would love it, but it just doesn't. And it, it's one of those games that Yoshi P doesn't want 14 to be. Like, if you want to get a really high level in Destiny 2 and you want to complete all the content each week, you need to put in hours and hours every day and I just don't have the time for that and I feel like it's taking the piss of it there we go uh, and then lastly Black Fox Kitsune says I've been playing Ylands I guess it's literally spelled Ylands 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 I'm not sure uh, which is a strange survival game on Steam it's kind of like a cross between Valheim and Minecraft with an adventure aspect to it you have to be careful when playing it because you lose track of time very easily. Oh, well, thank you so much for uh, for submitting that, mm. uh, Black Fox. I, I've heard of the name, actually. Um, by the way, Money in chat says, Oh my God, one shrine in capital letters. I fucking built the slowest fucking thing to get to the shrine over water. And then there was too much draft from the waterfall. And I had to go back and make a stronger thing. I almost threw my controller. There is one bit where I had to go across some water and I had like the the wheels. So the wheels, obviously the wheels don't work in water, but you had to like affix things to the wheel to kind of paddle over there. But I think I I affixed it at slightly wrong. So it was just these giant kind of paddles going around this wheel and the whole ship was kind of just rocking left and right. And I made it over there, but it wasn't pretty. In short, Moni is not an engineer. No, no, maybe, maybe that's not your game, Moni. Maybe you should play some Diablo. Or at least wait. Whereas Jinx says, I honestly effing love Tears of the Kingdom. I also really like it. Hmm. I still prefer Breath of the Wild, but I love Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm someone else in chat has just said that they've uh, finished it and it's worth sticking with for the story. 
And it's honestly the story stuff that I'm most interested in. So I am very much looking forward to keeping playing some more. Excellent. Now, before we go into the news and we're going to be talking about the PlayStation con- uh, PlayStation Showcase, we have some wine because it is happy, you know, happy wine day. It's right. National Wine Day. Ben just wants to show off his electric corks. No, I don't. I just want some wine. I need it. What happened to the the thing that goes on it? The plastic. Oh, there it is. I cannot see. So right. This so thing, there's a fancy plastic so yeah, thing. There, we've got this fancy thing that goes on the top and you squeeze it and then turn it a few times like this. And it just comes off like that. Look at that. Like magic. Like magic. And there we go. So there's this. I don't. I, I can't. I've got worked early tomorrow. Um, so then you pop this in here, I believe. If this goes wrong. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. And then all the way down. So this goes like that. And then look. 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 I'm it is, so the list of people listening on the podcast, it came out. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> this looks adult, says C. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and well, uh, you. This is thank you very much to K. Truth. Jinx says for, I feel dirty. Does it? Does it look all odd? <laughs> <laughs> Something out of Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, not with a not with the sharp corkscrew. Cork. Also, it, a penis pump. Do not put that anywhere near your love lens. I'll do. I'll do. Okay. Right. Let me. It is a school night. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's You're the nice. one getting up early tomorrow. I can yeah. actually lie in because I'm working from home. Um, it'll be nice to actually work from home and not have you waking up with your awful radio. I do love the radio. I do actually love radio because we listen to Radio 2, Zoe Ball. But the person that stands yeah, in for just, Zoe Ball, I don't really like Yeah, him. there's some guy at the moment who's really annoying. Yeah. But I do like a Thursday morning where they do the pub quiz and it's like five out of five, really easy. And they're like, oh, I think I'm going to get one. It's really hard. And there's, and there are the answer really daft answers to them sometimes um anyway happy international happy national wine day happy thursday <laughs> cheers everyone channeling your gary you didn't you didn't finish the root beer did you yeah oh you did yeah i need to wash it out did my you mouth. Like it? that's why i'm drinking this no it was awful i like root beer no it's awful that though what can you taste not a fan it's all right. Wow. Poor K Truth. What what kind of things can you taste? Vinegar. Almost. Oh. I mean it has it's come a, all the it's way a over. Bit acidic. Yeah. It's I mean it's it's American, so it's not gonna be that nice. It's not French. Wow. You said that, not me. <laughs> Uh, but it was shaped by the passion, imagination, and life experience of, of Georges and Daniel Dow. There you go. It was the electric corkscrew <laughs> that ruined it. Yeah, yeah, it kind of made it a little bit nasty. Your taste differs so much. So I mean, with Rubin, I think wine, we're quite similar. I mean, it's not the nicest wine in the world ever. It's drinkable. Mm. I'll, I'll happily sit and drink it. But I like a nice, smooth red. Mmm... Yeah, that's not the smoothest. It's fine. I'll just cook with it. It's not from California. says it's not from California. It says it's from California. It is from the Paso Robles, California. Government warning. 
According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car or operate machinery and may cause health problems. No shit. Yeah, driving into a tree is a health problem. Um, yeah. Right, well, let's move on to the headlines, shall we, of which there are basically none. Mm-hmm. Um, there were um, a couple, well, there were a couple of Final Fantasy things, but we've kind of already talked about Final Fantasy, so... Yeah, we don't need to talk about that whatever. anymore. All it was is just that they are not going to be bringing out DLC. Mm-hmm. And that's because they, for once, have actually written a complete story. So that's nice. Yeah. Um, um, we'll go through the, all of them, but just very, very briefly for some of them. We'll just talk through what well, happened. We we can go through... Uh, so this was the PlayStation Showcase. It was last night. It was the first one in a long time. This was Sony's chance to basically show off what is going to be happening over the next year. It's kind of a, to use a sports metaphor, an open goal because Microsoft have flopped with Redfall and just don't really have a lot coming out at the moment. So this Starfield. was a chance for, well, there's Starfield, but that's going to be a buggy mess. Um, and then there's Forza. Such a Sony shell. No, it, it's a Bethesda game. Come on. Um, it will be great, but it will be buggy. And then there's Forza, which I couldn't give a shit about, but you I, will enjoy. I will enjoy Forza. That's usually the one that's like the opposite of a buggy mess. When that yes. comes out, it's always like, wow, this game is immaculate. So there you go. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, this was a chance for Sony to be like, well, do you know what? We've got all these amazing exclusives and it's going to be incredible. And then they had a really shit showcase. Um, but Ooh. we are going to go through it and just pick out the ones that are worth talking about because there was a lot that was shown and a lot of it was crap. Fair games. What do you think to that? That was like I the payday. Fair game dollar. Fair game dollar. Fair game dollar was the <laughs> payday cross with like the division ish. Is like an extraction shooter, but also had like weird colored things popping up. It, it wasn't my kind of thing. Yeah, it was sort of watchdoggy, but yes, not. watchdogs. That was the one. Um, it. I I quite like the sort of revolutionary vibe of this, um, of sort of young people taking over from billionaires. And if you notice, the one that was highlighted was called Elliot Moore, I think, which has the same initials as a certain other annoying billionaire. Mm, um, uh, L. Mo- yeah. L. If you like um, that kind of on in your face kind of middle finger to those kind of people, you need to play Watch Dogs 2. You need to play Watch Dogs 2 anyway. I see. I haven't. And I'd quite like it's to for that reason. Really, really good. And it's like it's very, very on the nose who they're kind of taking the piss out of. Yeah. Also, I remember there being a trans woman mayor in there that you help out, and it's just like a really nice, heartwarming side story. And well, it's set in San Francisco. Yeah, it's just you like, would hope so. Yeah, I don't know. Watch Dogs Two is a very, very, very good game and underrated. And like whenever it's a bit like Titanfall Two, like whenever it comes up, people go, "That game was really good." So yeah. you should definitely play it. And I think it's like on. You can play it without buying anything if you've got a few uh, subscriptions. I think it's on like PlayStation Plus, I believe. Or on Game Pass, it's on one of the two. Um, okay, then was Hell Divers too. So the first Hell Divers, I believe, is like a top-down twin-stick shooter, which people quite like. And this is now going third-person co-op. Um, but I mean, it's just another shooting game. Do we really yeah. care? No. The start was not very. Um, like the start of this uh, showcase really wasn't interesting me much at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting game, shooting game, and then shooting game, but with magic, which is Immortals of Avium, which is coming from EA. Well, fucking adverts on this website. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's it's a first person 
game where you shoot magic out your hands. Um, yeah. It's Godfall meets um, Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm, With Destiny. Of. Yeah, maybe. Um, so, yeah. not really interested in that. Then there was Ghost Runner 2. Now, I've played Ghost Runner 1. Have you? It's I did. I, do you know what? I reviewed that for The Guardian. What? You wrote for The Guardian? Yep. I, I didn't know that. You're welcome. What, what did, um, how many stars did you give it? I gave it a three out of five. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Ghost Runner is like a first person cyberpunk ninja thing where it's like you kill the enemies in one hit, but they kill you in one hit. And so a bit like Celeste where it's like snaps you back immediately to mm. the respawn point. It's sort of puzzly of like these little rooms that you've got to go through and you've got to kill everyone in the room, but without them killing you first. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is more of that Ghost Runner 2. It is more of the same, but you are spreading out outside of the city area that the original was in. Um, you also get to ride a motorbike because it's a cyberpunk game. So of course there was a fucking motorbike. Um, it looks all right if you like Ghost Runner, but it is kind of just another cyberpunk game. Mm. Um, then there was, now this is interesting, Phantom Blade Zero, which is a yes. steampunk? No. No. They had steampunk images. So they are calling it Kung Fu Punk. Um, I believe... <laughs> Kung Fu Funk. No. no. Kung Fu Punk. Oh, that's what I said. No. Um, I think it might be a Chinese developer. It has um, Wuxia influences. Kung Fu um, Punk. And Kung Fu. It looks almost like i mean it's third person uh action rpg so it's obviously going to be compared to like sekiro and souls and ghost of tsushima and all that kind of stuff um but with that chinese wuxia kung fu kind of vibe to it the combos and the animation of the combat i think looks really really cool you learned how to pronounce it now yes because what did you call it before wuxia <laughs> wuxia <laughs> and then liver work was like it pronounced it wuxia and i was like Oh, that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wuxia. That was... I was just a horrible Westerner just pronouncing all the letters. Yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's Wuxia. Wuxia. Um, but yeah, Funk, I think is... that looks really, really cool. And was probably the biggest surprise because it's a brand new developer, brand new game that no one knew about. So for that, you're like, okay, this sounds cool. So I just Phantom hope... Blade Zero is called. I just hope that it is uh, approachable. Because, for example, like the... Um... Wolong game that they brought out. It's like that looked kind of cool. It had like really interesting combat, but there's no way I was going to spend hours and hours on like the first boss. It just, I didn't even try it because I just heard so many horrible things about that. Make it approachable because the it. combat looks fun. Yeah, but you, you, I did spend hours against you. You did spend hours. You did scream. <laughs> you did shout. You, and you like play video and I games. I let it all out. And you play video games for a living. I mean, we can't compare things to you. That is a compliment. I write about them for a living. I don't play them yeah, for a living. Also, There's played them definitely all a difference You there. are a very good gamer. So like, just because you can no. do something doesn't mean other people can't. Absolutely Money not. can't even like build a freaking platform in Zelda without it falling into the abyss. You, you've, you are good at games. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> ben, you also play them for a living. You stream them content. You should see me playing them, Black Fox. They, they, I do not play games well, especially on stream. It's weird because I, I played Elden Ring at one point last year and uh, I think I was, I was play, facing off against Renala and it's, I spent hours and hours on stream and just failed every single time. Then the first time I tried after stream, beta. <laughs> so annoyed, but also really, really happy. So next up there was Sword of the Sea, 
Um, so this is the next game from the developers of Abzu, or the artists, I think it is at least, uh, of Abzu, of The Pathless, which I played on stream, which was great. Journey. Journey. Um, it definitely has that kind of vibe. It is essentially hoverboarding. So you're going over sands a bit like in, in oh, Journey. Oh, I thought it was just a bit glitchy. No, no, no. It's If you, you can see in the image there, it's a hoverboard. But there was also a bit with a half pipe. So you're like flipping around like a half pipe. So it's almost like hoverboarding, skateboarding vibes. But with that Abzu Journey um, color palette, um, which looks stunning. And I'm very excited to see what that developer does next. But there is no release date. So God knows when that's actually coming out. No. But it looks nice. Yeah. The Talos Principle 2. Have you played the Talos Principle 1? No. Um, I've heard... I think I bought it, but there's like a, an achievement for not playing it. But I think you actually have to have played there's it. There's an achievement for not playing it? Yeah. Isn't the one where you have to not play it for like eight years and then you get an achievement for it? And so you decided to waste your money on an achievement by buying it and not playing it? No, I think I got it in a bundle or something. Uh, it seemed like... Actually, I saw somebody streaming it and it did look quite interesting, but I never got around to playing it. I've also never played the Talos Principle, but this one looked quite good. First person sure. puzzle game, fantasy, looks quite nice. Good for people. Um, and then the uh, developer of Gris really mm. uh, announced their next song called Never, and it's Devolver Digital never, as well. Never. And I mean, straight away, there was like a, a, a trailer they showed, there was a dead animal and someone sad, and then a little puppy. I was like, okay, it's one of those games. They're yeah. going to be like, yeah, here's, give us some, uh, do you want some emotion? Here's a dead dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You got some a emotion. Very big dog. Yeah. But it looks beautiful. There wasn't there wasn't really any gameplay in it. It's just an animated trailer. But I love the visual style, kind of hand-drawn, really beautiful. I hate games that use dead animals to try and evoke emotions. Uh games and films. Like I stopped. Is it watching. cheap for you? It's really, really cheap because it's like it's just the cheapest way to get people upset and like emotional is to have dead animals, like innocent animals. That's the reason why I stopped watching Chernobyl. Um, which is like the six part series or whatever. They had a whole episode where it was just somebody going around shooting dogs. And like, and then, oh, the little puppy, look at, then he goes in, there's like a dog and then he goes in and there's loads of little puppies and you know what he has to do. And I'm like, you don't need this. This is not necessary. This is just there to try and kind of get some emotion. So I just turned it off and didn't watch it. Um, Seven Dash says, there is a website. I think it's called, um, Does the Dog Die or something mm, like that. And yeah. it tells you about that. But also I think that's actually expanded now. To, to partly games. to include games as well as films but i think it's also co essentially content warnings yeah, like alcohol so it's not and, just dog mm. dying it's like is there drug abuse is there suicide is there whatever else so it's essentially if you want the content warning on something it will give you that yeah. um but it did start as does the dog die yeah that's true it never wasn't like that but it was still like oof not that i mean it had a dead animal in it was an animal that was really close and then it died and then you were sad about it and then a puppy appeared and it's like oh okay well, it's it's the developers of Gris. It's going to be about grief and death, and it's going to make you cry. And I'm, I'm going to play it and enjoy it. Mm. Gris just um, gave me a headache. Straight after that, we got Cat Quest, Pirates of the Peribian, which was a bit of a uh, tonal shift. Peribian. Um, I don't really care about that. People and like Cat Quest, though. It's got its fans. That's fair. And then there was... Foam Stars, which is Square Enix making a game that is a ripoff of Splatoon, but pumped through an AI. It looks awful. I get the impression that that is going to be the thing where they bring in their NFTs. Oh, yes, that's true. That's true. I did like 
the soundtrack. Now I'm not sure if it was J-pop or K-pop, and I'm really sorry, but it was. It, it had a really cool pop soundtrack to the trailer, yeah. which was great. Um, P-pop, P-pop, pop pop, just pop pop. <laughs> okay, um, and uh, but the the actual gameplay was essentially a bit like Splatoon, where it's a third person shooter and you've got to gain control of the arena, but it's through coloured foam. I'm like, and it what looked, the fuck is this? It just looked really ugly. What like, the like, fuck is this? The characters were like Fortnite, anime Fortnite. It's like an, like one of those kind of cartoony Fortnite skins that you can get. Mm. Awful. Hate it. Yeah. Not into it. Lava says, Ed, they're spoof games for a reason. You're not supposed to take them literally. Take them as a joke. Cat Quest. Oh, what? Mean, Cat Quest? Yeah. I've, I've never played a Cat Quest. I don't really know what it's about. So... It, it, I'm sure it's adorable. I mean, yeah, Mr. Wibble, I know, loves it. Um, it's cute. Yeah. It's a cat. You know what? I would happily play that. I think I was I was busy writing about Never last night, so I sort of skimmed over Cat Quest. Yeah. But if it, honestly, if they're amazing, I will absolutely give that a go. Now, the Plucky Squire, a game we both absolutely love. I think we were... Had we... When they announced that, I think we'd both just finished playing um, It Takes Two. So like seeing something mm. and I think seeing something like this. No, I remember when I, because I watched Plucky's, I I saw the Plucky Spire, uh, the Devolver thing. Because I Squire. Squire. Did I say Squire? You said Spire. Spire. Okay, the Plucky Squire. Yeah, I saw that because that was uh, the that was announced during the Devolver Direct where they announced uh, Cult of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Or they had a release date for Cult of the Lamb. And then Plucky Squire, because I stayed up to like 2am and was like, this looks really, really good. Um, but I do get like uh, the it takes two part is just a bit when you're outside of the book. But this is yeah, it's one of those two D games. Think you know two D when like in uh, Mario Odyssey when you have the little two D and then three D moments. It's like that where yeah, it goes from kind of a two D typical looks like an RPG little that kind of thing, and then suddenly you're out of it and running around the desk. It's so it takes place in a storybook. It does. So it's got that storybook. St- story and visual style not RPG sorry it's a bit it's uh, more of a platform I think it's like a mix of many different things actually yeah it's sort of top down adventure almost Zelda like I guess Mm. Um, but then we get with some platforming but then the idea is that the storybook is on a desk of someone yeah and the character can come out of the storybook into the real world which you know goes from 2D to 3D which is nice and I love Um, this out this year it is out this year, but we still don't have a release date, which is annoying. Mm. Um, it, its designer um, is a guy that used to work for the Pokemon company designing Pokemon. Nice. So that's why it has a sort of cutesy kind of style to it, um, yeah. which I really, really like. And I'm I'm really, really intrigued to see this game. And just like but skimming through the now. trailer now, actually, there are multiple different kind of genres or style. Well, not styles, but like multiple genres. Like there's one where it looks like a turn-based RPG thing where you're trying to kill something's health. And then there's another bit that's... Uh, yeah, a platform. And then there's another one where you're running around a town a la kind of Stardew slash Final Fantasy, old school, like the small, those ones. Um, yeah. So yeah, Pokemon style. So I'm I'm very excited for that game. Same. I cannot wait. I think that'll be perfect. I think that is coming to all platforms, isn't it? Yeah, PS5, yeah. Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch and PC. Indeed. Oh, and then Teardown was announced for no, console. No idea what Teardown is. Uh, I think it's on PC already. And or it's at least on um, early access, but yeah, people really enjoy that. It's a game where you have to demolish a house in whatever way you can, 
and people get very creative with it. And it's just a bit, you know, like Burnout, when Burnout was first out and or Burnout Paradise, I think, no, I don't know which one. The one where you had to cause as much damage as possible in like a crash. Was that the original Burnout? That's where I bought it for like Maybe. Xbox. I think I bought it with my 360 where you just go and yeah, you have to kind of dry, you get, you come in from a ramp or whatever and then there's loads of traffic and stuff and you have to try and cause as much damage as possible and you can like move your car in the air while it's been crashed. I feel like it's it's like this. You're just going to try and cause the most damage and the most amount of chaos and you know, that might be a nice relaxing game. I feel like that's the type of thing that I would want to play on Game Pass. Sure. Because I'd probably play it for an hour and go, yep, I've destroyed some houses. That is what fun. I need. Yeah. Now move on. Yeah. Um, next up is a game that should have been my game of the show and kind of wasn't, um, which is Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, which nope. is a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3, which a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's their favourite of the series. Um, it is a brilliant game. Um, I got it on PS2, loved it. Um the problem is that this remake leaked beforehand and mm. it's been sort of very, very much long rumoured. People knew it was coming. Um, so the fact that it appeared in this showcase wasn't really much of a surprise. Um, and then when it did appear, it was just a very quick CG trailer of... of um, you having a good pump there? Yeah, I'm just pumping out the uh, air so that the red wine will keep... Lovely. You just keep doing this until it stops. Until you can't do it anymore. You just keep going until you can't do it anymore. This is... It's getting a little bit harder now. More difficult. More difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the air has been sucked out now. Great. Lovely. Um, yeah, the, the CG trailer of this just showed absolutely nothing. They have released some screenshots since this of what it's going to look like. But it was just a CG trailer that then zoomed in on his face and then that was that. So there was very little to this announcement, really. Metal Gear Solid A. Delta. Which is the fourth letter of the alphabet because it is Metal Gear Solid 3. Um, but also the sign for Delta is a triangle which has three sides. So yeah, that but, makes sense. But in that one, the triangle has got four sides because the top bit's flat. It's like a parallelogram. Sure. Is it parallelogram? Whatever. Or is that trapezium? No, it's a trapezium. Trapezium. Remember those? But also <laughs> delta is a sign for change, but also not change. I can't quite remember what they mean. Essentially, it's because it's a remake, but it is the old story. It's the older voice actors. It's, you know, they're just sprucing mm. it up. Well, that's going to definitely help their SEO by having a freaking delta yeah, sign. It's going it. to be awful. Are they um, going to call it delta then? Or are they just going to call it Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater? Metal Gear Solid Delta, but with a symbol. They're not calling it with a symbol, are they? Yeah. But Kojima's not working for them anymore. They don't need to do ridiculous yeah, stuff Yeah, like they that. need to keep the weirdness. But like, it doesn't make sense. And that's the thing is that this is... So Kona it's being made by Konami, but Konami is a publisher. So... It's made with like, someone else though. So, it, But it's someone... It's in partnership. Someone in Konami, but we, do, we still don't know who's actually making it because it, it's oh, not sure. Kojima. No, they haven't said who it is. I thought they announced... Somebody's told me, like, oh, it's blah, blah, blah with Konami. Who's blah, blah, blah? I don't know. But anyway, it's coming to PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Good. No um, more no more old-gen consoles. Indeed. I feel like that was a, a big theme that was coming through. It was, like, lots of stuff. PS5 and PC. It's like PS5, PC, PS5, PC. That is true. Also coming out is the Metal Gear Solid Collection Volume 1, 
And I'm very um, excited Which about. is Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, but the mm. original versions coming out as a collection, which are three games I already own multiple times and will buy again and will play again. Um, and so we know what's going to be in the, the second one. I've They're going to have Metal Gear Solid uh, Twin Snakes, uh, Metal Gear Survive, and Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes. They're the three that are going to be in the you wish. volume two. Um, like the shittest one. That's the interesting thing, though. It's volume one is what they've called it, but it's also the three best games. So what's in volume two? Now, will they re-release Metal Gear Solid 4 and 5 together? Or will they go for some spin-off stuff? Was it Twin Adders or Twin Snakes or something Twin like that? Twin Snakes is the GameCube remake of Metal Gear Solid 1. Wasn't there another one, though? Wasn't there another Metal Gear Solid game? Probably. I feel like there was another one... Uh, is it like Twin Adder or something like that? Right, let's have a look. Metal Gear Solid Games. Um, let's have a look. Metal Gear Solid. Uh, well, tell us about your favourite uh, Metal Gear games. Um, my favourite Metal Gear game is probably Metal Gear Solid 1 because I think it's got the best story and the best characters. Mm. But I think Metal Gear Solid 5 does ultimately have the best gameplay. Um, in terms of stealth mechanics and like the Fulton balloon thing is very cool. Yeah. Um, which was fun. I also really liked 4. A lot of people didn't. Um, I really liked 4, but it was very cutscene heavy. Okay, yeah, so Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, then Metal... Ah, of course, Peace Walker. Oh my God, Peace Walker on the PSP. That's yeah. actually brilliant. So it'll be Peace Walker, Ground Zeroes, uh, four and five and Metal Gear Solid Integral. So these are all weird ones. But yeah, Metal Gear Survive, maybe? No. No one cares about that one. I need to crash my PC. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Metal Gear is back in a big way and that is a very good thing. Um, they just did a remaster of them, so my partner is telling me. Yeah, the remaster was, wasn't it, two, three, and four? So you just said while I was scrolling. You weren't listening. No. Fine. Okay. Whatever. Now, Towers of Ashgaspa. No idea what that was. I didn't even watch it. Uh, the Towers of Agaspa. <gasps> um, I don't know, because I've got an advert on this website, so I will scroll past it. And then Final Fantasy sixteen. the trailer was gorgeous. Had you already seen everything on there? So this trailer is called the Salvation Launch Trailer. So every Final Fantasy sixteen trailer has had a different name, like Revenge, this one's Salvation. Um, it's kind of just... I don't think there's anything majorly new in it. It's a lot, a lot of footage. Just a lot of It looks incredible. But what it didn't have was a date for the demo. And considering the game's out in a month, I don't wish to see another trailer. I want to just play it now. So thank yeah. you, but no. Then Alan Wake 2, which is only going to be digital. You'll be a digital, it'll be a digital only game. No physical copy. Mm. Are you concerned by that? Personally, no, but I am a little bit because you can't necessarily share. Well, you can't like share it with somebody unless you're using the same console. You obviously, when they decide to just turn the servers off, you can't access it again. I think it is a bit worrying when they make things digital only and there's no physical version of it. Less plastic. I mean, it's, of all the plastic in the world, a few people buying that, I don't think it's going to cause too much. <laughs> of an issue um i haven't played alan wake one which i would quite like to um mm. i'm not sure if it's on game pass or not 
Um, but I feel like I'm going to need to play the first one. I have no interest in it. I played the first one for as much as I could, but it was just a, it was really buggy. The remastered one, um, I did not enjoy it. It was really janky. It felt like an old game that was remastered, which I guess it is. Um, I just did not vibe with that. And this seems to be some kind of survival horror, which is not my kind of thing at well, all. Well, it's more psychological, at least from the trailer, it looks like it's more psychological. Um, and it, I thought it looked really pretty. It's running in-game on a PS5, which a lot of these trailers were just CGI. This is at least in-game footage. And it's coming out on the 17th of October, so it's not long to go. Um, Doesn't matter. I'm, I'm excited to give it a go, but I'm going to try and play the first one. Some people really like Alan Wake. I am not one of those people. Mm. Um, but I remember playing it and it was a chore for me and I think it was a chore for the people watching. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll play that in my own time. It's really then. difficult as well. Even on easy. Mm. Uh, okay, then it was Assassin's Creed Mirage. And we were watching a little bit of a IGN video on that earlier today. Who? Other, other uh, websites are available. Igan. Igan. Yeah. Do you know what IGN stands for? Something Game Network. No? Well, if you talk about your IGN. In-game name. Oh. Like, you'll see IGN sometimes. Like, what's your IGN? Is What's your in-game name? Sure. There mm. you go. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now, this is the next Assassin's Creed game, but it is a return to the old style. So it's not a big sprawling RPG. It's a shorter, more concise game just in one city. It's much more about stealth. It's Hitman without the humor. Yeah. Um, it features Basim from Valhalla, um, oh, but what? it's a prequel. So it's him in his younger days as an assassin in Baghdad. Um, and it's... It's more Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I'm down if for... If that's your thing. Give me a short game. Make it like 10 hours. I will... A 10 hours, story-rich Assassin's Creed to kind of get me interest, interested into whatever the next big sprawling RPG is. Sure. Go for it. Mm. It, it looks nice, but it's more Assassin's Creed. And I, I personally am a bit burned out on that. I think Valhalla was just too long and I'm just over... I am over, and I think they mentioned it in the IGN video, and I completely agreed with it. Like, there are no sprawling fields. I don't want to go and run across sprawling fields in Assassin's Creed. I want to be in a city. Like, give me an RPG that's like this big sprawling city, sure, that you go from, like, house to house. I don't want to have to, like, run across fields. I'm an assassin. Give me a horse. Did I have a horse? I had well, a just, horse in... Um, you definitely have a horse. You get a unicorn, I'm sure. You get that in... Um, Odyssey. No, but you get it when you're in the other area, in the in Valhalla, whatever it's called. Um, Niflheim. Valheim. Valheim, something like that. Alfheim. Alf, yeah. Whatever the Heim Elfheim, was. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would be down for it. I just, I didn't like the big sprawling fields. It's like, I don't want to run across fields to get from like one city to another. That's not my kind of fun. Mm. Um, but then my favorite game of, uh, my favorite announcement came out, which was... Is this your favorite? Yeah. Oh, nice. Revenant Hill, and it is a very. It, I love that some. So it it's from two of the creators of Night in the Woods, which was a, just a brilliant, brilliant game. And I love that somebody commented saying like, when you make like perfect art style, why reinvent it? And I can see that now. The original was made by three people. Um, no, the two of those are making this. They've set up a new studio because. Uh, I mean, yeah, one of Alex Holwaka, 
who uh, was one of the creator, one of the three creators and founders of the of Night in the Woods. Uh, he ended his own life after some abuse, uh, like abuse allegations against him came out. And um, yeah, so I think they kind of wanted to just put a line under that. They set up a new studio with also somebody who was very uh, like an artist, uh, musical person. What was his name again? I can't remember, Bethany something. No, no, Bethany was one of them. But like, no, the third, there was a third guy who was, uh, who was in, who does all the Ren. music and stuff. Ren, yeah, W-R-E-N. But yeah, um, so they're making this, they've kept the art style very much to the same as Night in the Woods. In fact, at one point I thought like, this is a sequel to Night in the Woods. And you play as a cat. You do, but apparently it's not a sequel. And in fact, it takes place in the early, like before 1900s. 1919. It's in 1919. Okay, so the early 1900s. So it's definitely way before um, Night in the Woods, but it's very similar style. And yeah, I just hope it has, and I'm sure it will do because it's got, you know, the pe- the same people making it. But I don't know, Night in the Woods just had amazing charm. The characters were so down to earth. Whoever like did the writing for Night in the Woods, I hope they're the same people that are doing the writing for this because it was just really, I don't know, charming. There was like, and it was quite sarcastic, like, What's her name? Um, May. She's the cat. She's the main person. And it starts off, you go, you, you arrive at a train station and it's all closed and locked and you have to get home. And the person that you're waiting, like you're waiting for your parents to pick you up because I think you've just dropped out of university. And you're waiting for your parents to pick you up and they don't come and pick you up. So you have to make your way through the woods uh, to get to your parents. It's, it's not difficult. And yeah, there's a couple of like strange people, some weird things happen. And then you eventually get home, you know, it's tricky. And then you get in there and your dad's reading a newspaper. Your dad's like, hey, May. Uh, and, and May goes, hey. And he's like, I thought you were coming back tomorrow. And she's just like, you thought wrong. And like put her arms up. It's just very, very charming humor, kind of sarcastic, dry. It's like what all teenagers, how a lot of teenagers think that they sound when they're talking to their parents. When they're being a bit smart, yeah, I see that, and uh, I, see that. I, I, I love that game, and it also goes. It's also re- has a really weird turn later on, but then the message at the end of it is very somber and down to earth. And I love a game that has a very somber ending, and and it has great, 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 great queer representation. It does, and it's just there. It's like, yeah, there's oh, what's his name again? The one with the I'm not gonna do it again. Don't do it again. No, the, do it again. Um, what's his name again? I can't remember the character's name. Yeah, but there's like, there's a Greg. Yeah, there's Greg. And uh, they, like, it's just like, yeah, they're my, there's my friend and they're a, a couple, two guys. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's just like their friends. It it's, yeah, it's a, I don't know, it just, it's a brilliant game that you definitely need to play. I finished it in one sitting. I actually streamed the whole thing in one go. It took me nine hours or so. I have, I've played I read the entire good... thing out and my voice went by the end. I've played at least half of it. And I really liked it. I just, I was playing it on a friend's Switch, which I borrowed. So I didn't have my own copy. So I just didn't get around to finishing it. I recommend everybody plays it and just so enjoy it. Night in the Woods. But Night. this is Revenant Hill, which is the next game from the same people. And, and I good. trust them to make a brilliant game and I will 100% play it. That's actually coming to PS4. Uh, but yeah, PS5, PS4 and Steam. It didn't have a date, did it? Nope. At all. Not even like a, a year. No. So next no year. <laughs> okay. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy, some anime thing. Not for me. Um, Grandad Fantasy. Then no. there was Street Fighter 6, which looks great. 
but it's out next month, so don't really need more information on that. But thank you. That's another game. I just I hope I can play. Oh wait, what? Who does it? It's Capcom. Capcom. So they don't do like the free trial with EA because this is the type of game that I'd be like, you know what? I'll give it ten hours, and then see whether I want it or not. But I don't think. Well, I'd... it's not long to go until it's out. I wouldn't pay seventy pounds for it. Um, Ultros was some sort of side-scrolling Metroidvania thing, very psychedelic. Might be fun. See, I thought that I was. I didn't think it needed to be at the showcase. No, I thought that was going. I thought that they were going to show that and then kind of be like, "Hey, joking, this is Hollow Knight." Just because, no. like, when you're attacking something, it had like a line that was just like the slice in Hollow Knight. I thought it was just gonna. It was like a tease, and then suddenly it was like, "Joking." Hollow Knight is the standard now. That's the thing. Mm. But it's um, not my kind of thing. Then there was Tower of Fantasy, an open world RPG with an anime style. How original! But didn't. Have we not seen a trailer where they're reusing assets? There are a million games that look like this. Yeah. So I have no interest in whatever this is. Skim past it. Then there was Dragon's Dogma 2, which we knew was coming, but this was a first look at gameplay. Um, it's in the RE4 engine. It is. Oh, the RE engine. The RE engine. Um, yeah, it's another Capcom game. Dragon's Dogma was a PS3 game um, or Xbox 360. It's kind of competed in the same era as like Skyrim and Dragon Age Inquisition. I personally found it a bit generic compared to those other games. Um, but Dragon's Dogma does have its fan base and a lot of people really like it. Like my brother. Like my brother. brother my brother messaged this morning, like literally very early this morning, being like, what does Ed know about Dragon's Dogma? Tell, <laughs> tell me everything. It's like Dragon's Dog, Dragon, Dragon's Dogma 2. Gus. It's like Dragon's Dogma 1, I absolutely loved. I think it was a really difficult game. Um, it was quite tricky. It has um, a companion system known as the Pawn System, but that's P-A-W-N, <laughs> to be clear. System. Um, who's your sort of AI companion who you can sort of order around, um, which was quite fun. But the style of it is just kind of typical dragons and spells and magic. And it's quite good if you like that kind of thing. Um, I just didn't massively vibe with the original, but mm -hmm. this looks like more of the same. Good. And yeah, it looks quite... See, actually, looks interesting. Hopefully, it'll be one of those that I will check the reviews out. There you go. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's, we don't care about. Um, and then I'm we... surprised that they're like doing that on a PlayStation showcase compared, like, with what happened with like what the creators like. Are they actually going to? Well, give he was that? giving money to Trump and Republicans and whatever else. Um, yeah, it was I think I don't think he is involved in the series as much anymore. But, but I also feel IP. like it's been a bit tainted, so whatever. Yeah. We then got the PSVR 2 section, which was really shit. disappointing. <laughs> There's no Astrobot? No, which there needs to be. Is that, um, why, is, why is PSVR 2 out you know, for months the, without an Astrobot game? The first game was Resident Evil 4 VR mode, which is just a VR mode for Resident Evil 4, and will be all right, but it isn't coming out till next year. Then there was another three games that are all shooty-shooty, bang-bang, with a, with a gun, whatever... Um, and then Beat Saber is finally out on PSVR 2. Um, it's out now. It's a free upgrade if you have the first one. Which is great. Um, and there is a Queen music pack, which is nice. Um, but that's also available across everything else. So, like, I've got it on Quest, so I can get it on there. Yeah, actually, um, no, I mean, Arizona Sunshine 2 looks kind of goofy and might be fun for a little while. My My disappointment with VR, just to round up this, is that there were, what, four games shown for VR and three of them have guns. And it's just that thing of VR games don't have to be about 
holding a gun and shooting them. But so many VR games seem to be about shooting and guns. And I'm like, like I, you, I mean, you mentioned Astrobot. I really love Moss, which is that sort of 3D third person thing. But because it's VR, it feels like you're in the game and it's great. And just, I don't see anyone making stuff like that. It's just, oh, let's make something in VR that's first person. There's just more to VR than that. And I just don't feel like they're being creative in what they're creating. And I'm not interested. Yeah. And the music, to me, VR, my favorite VR type of experiences are the music ones like Res Infinite, Tetris Effect, Thumper. They are also great. They're the ones. Um, Right. Let's have a look at the next one, which was, uh, Ed, you might not have noticed for the last 15 years, the pain games have pushed being, the main games have been pushed being FPS. Yeah, absolutely. Because people are being safe. But if you've got a brand new piece of hardware, try and be innovative with it. Just the thought. Well, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. Um, okay, then. Synapse looked quite interesting. Is that the same people um, as super hot? I mean, it looked very it? super hot esque. I don't think it. I don't think it is. It no, like it would it. have mentioned it if it was. Then we got a couple of bungee things. Now the first one is a new game from them called Marathon. Now you might remember Bungie has now been bought by Sony, so this was their first new game since being bought by Sony. The thing is, it's not technically a new game because Bungie had uh, that was three thing, games wasn't it? called Marathon from back in the nineties which they made before they were bought by Microsoft, where they then made Halo. So what they're now doing is making a PvP extraction shooter, uh, shooter, but using the name Marathon. So it's a bit of a weird choice because the people who played Marathon in the 90s probably don't want to play a PvP extraction shooter. Yeah. But people nowadays have no idea what Marathon is. So like, just call it something new. Um, And to be honest, it looks very much like Destiny. So clearly Bungie have no new ideas. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe from it. In fact, at some point I was like, is this Destiny of sorts? But yeah, Marathon, I thought it might be like, because every Destiny like to do, like to like, sorry, uh, Bungie like to kind of mess around with the style every time they bring out a new um, Destiny expansion. So I was like, oh, maybe this is just a new expansion where it's all weirdly white kind of odd characters and uh, and things in it, but apparently not. But yeah, that, yeah, I, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that there's a reason lots of people are really upset. Like lots of old fans of Marathon are really upset because it's like, you know, for example, Jack and Daxter, they decide to bring that back and turn it into a driving game. It's like, it's not the same thing just because it's got the name. It's not a, you know, it's not going to bring those fans back. It's, it's very weird. And, oh, I don't know. PVP extraction games, There's just because they make so much tension because you're all scared about whether you're going to get your stuff out or not. It's, I don't know, that does not appeal to me in the slightest, no. but it just, it has a bit of a following on Twitch. And then it was followed by uh, a new trailer for Destiny 2, The oh. Final Shape, which is the last expansion. The problem is having them next to each other, they look identical. So I'm I'm bored by both. But apparently some guy called Cade's coming back and people look yes. interested. Cade. Cade, is, Cade was killed at the beginning of um, Forsaken, not Forspoken, beginning of the Forsaken uh, DLC or expansion, which doesn't exist anymore. You can't play that anymore because they removed oh. it. They shelved it. But yeah, he died at the beginning of that. But then he appeared in this trailer and people have been wondering for ages and ages. Like, And it's become like even a bit of a joke that, yeah, oh, they can bring Cade back. Like if, if they can bring this person back, then can they bring Cade? You know, everybody has wanted Cade to come back. And I don't think, I think everybody just, I think most people had given up on the fact that, you know, he wasn't coming back because he was dead. But then where are they? Why is he somewhere 
because he talks about being in a certain place and it's like, where are you? Someone suggested he might be inside the Traveller, which is the giant white orb. Who knows? But who cares? Lots of people care. You know, some people do care about things like this. Apparently Marathon, by the way, is in the Destiny universe, says Andinus. Um, but yeah, yeah, it came beforehand. Forsaken, no, but like the new one. But Forsaken, um, the, the Forsaken. I sorry. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there are quite a few people that care. I'm taking the piss. I'm obviously taking the piss. Um, but no, for, the Forsaken DLC was the thing that pretty much turned Destiny 2 around. Before that, because they released the Red War campaign, which was the base one, which is, I actually really enjoyed it. It was fine. It was simple. You followed it. You got to the end and then you did like the very, very few things that they actually released each week and reset. It was very basic. Um, and then they released two DLCs, one after the other, that brought new planets, but with like fuck all to do. In fact, you did the the story in like two to three hours on each of these mini DLCs. And then I believe it was actually then that they brought out Forsaken. I don't think there was one before it. But anyway, when Forsaken came out and it had this kind of Shadow of the Colossus style, kind of you had to go to different areas to defeat these major bosses and you ticked them off. It That was a very, you know, like people were like, wow, this is really good. And also they killed Kadoff uh, right at the beginning, which... Spoiler. Shocked. Well, it's not a spoiler because you can't literally play that anymore. So, I mean, it can't really, doesn't really count. But it was, it is great to see him back. And especially if he's back in time for the end, like potentially the final, well, it is the final expansion, isn't it? Before whatever they decide to do next. Destiny 3. It won't be 3. I've, we've, I've spoken to somebody. Oh. It's not 3. It's just Destiny. I feel like that. Or they'll call it something like Destiny. I don't know. They're, they're, I feel... Why don't they just make something new? Or they maybe just rename, have something, like keep this exactly the same. But yeah, maybe there would, it would be something new. It would be in the same Destiny universe, I think, but it won't be called Destiny 3. Maybe if you want to ask Ben what his thoughts on the next Destiny is going to be, you should go to Swapping Joysticks slash Inbox. Yeah, swapandjoysticks.com no, slash inbox. We'll get you there. All right. If you go to swapandjoysticks.com slash inbox. And then Ben can witter on about Destiny even more. I can talk about, and yeah, now the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, mm, shall I go and start playing it again? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Do you know what you could play? Marathon. No, I can't because um, it's not out yet. Then we had Concord, which is the next game from Firewalk Studios, which has just been bought by Sony. So oh it's God, another first person. on this website. First party studio um get an ad blocker um i can't because this no, website can't. don't doesn't like me that's true or just sign in as me and then actually i think i still get them um but guess what it's a pvp multiplayer first person shooter because of course it bloody is it has the sort of 70s i love that 70s kind of vibe to it yeah which is kind of cool but like whatever um then sony revealed project q now, this is new hardware, um, which there's no release date. We don't know when it's coming, but it's essentially a Wii U. It is a DualSense controller split in half with a screen in the middle of it. Um, and it means that via the cloud over your Wi-Fi... It's not via the cloud, though, is it? It's just it's over well, it's your Wi-Fi. powered by the cloud. But you can't play it if you're not over the same Wi-Fi, right? No, imagine. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you can stream it from your PlayStation. It's like remote play. Yes. It's okay. something to do with the cloud. I don't fucking know. 
<laughs> they they said the cloud. People have written the cloud. I'm saying the cloud. Whatever the fuck the cloud is, it uses it. Um, it's a fucking bullshit idea. If I'm sat at home and I want to play some PS5, I'm going to look at it on a nice new OLED. I'm not going to play it on a little fucking handheld. And it's not as if I can take that on the train anywhere. I have to sit at home on my own Wi-Fi. What the fuck is the point? And I guarantee you that's going to cost like 400 quid or something. It won't be 400 quid, but if it's like under 200, I'll probably buy it. I... Because, Don't waste your money. No, generally, like one of the first things I did on my Steam Deck was try and install um, a thing so that I could play. You okay there? You relaxing? Yeah. Um, I was. The thing is, I I tried to install um, a remote play thing for my for my PlayStation because I just wanted to kind of little sit back and goof around with some games that were quite easy to play. There are. I'm totally down with that. I mean, yeah, there is an OLED, but I've got a feeling that that OLED is going to be in use for quite a while when Final Fantasy 16 and various other games come out. Great. Well, you can. Leave the room. You can play Marvel Snap on your phone, which is what you'll probably do. You can go and play the Switch. If if I want to play on the TV, get the fuck out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change to a little handheld. No. That's fine. You've got your own TV to play whatever it's you want. It's just the pointless idea. Um and as as um it was it, Westman was talking about the accessibility controller. That is the piece of hardware that should have been in the showcase. Here is our access controller. It's an accessibility I thought they controller. Were about to announce here's that. a release date because we still don't know the release date. Um, here's a great way to showcase accessibility in a major event. And no, they sew off some fucking Wii U ripoff bullshit. Bye. Move on. Oh, you're getting feisty. Yeah, I've had a wine and now I'm annoyed. Anyway, then there was some Spider Man shit if you're interested. I mean, it's more Spider Man. It is more, but if you like Spider-Man, there's more Spider-Man coming. Did anything excite you from that? Um, no. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the Spider-Man games are great. I think they're very solid at what they do. I am not a Spider-Man Marvel fan, but I appreciate that these games are well made and are still fun to play. And it makes you feel like Spider-Man and they're more entertaining than the films. Um, and they have a huge audience and will undoubtedly sell very, very well um, and will be Sony's big game for the rest of the year. I'm not jumping out of my seat for it. I'm not wetting myself for it. I'm not putting a towel down for it. Like, you go to Queens now. Great. Like, so so the map's bigger. Nice. Oh, I'm I'm totally all in on Spider-Man 2 because I want more Spider-Man because the original, it's just a really fun game to play. It's something that's, you know, it's going to be great to play. It's going to feel great. You can swing around, you get, you build up your speed, you do your weird tricks and it just kind of, you you feel fun. It just feels fun to play. Um, And then it'll have its, you know, fancy cutscenes and uh, quick time events. And there'll be a weird story as there is in every Marvel game, but it's just, it's comfort food but very high quality ones that you know what you're getting. I'll happily play it. It's like, like absolute food that you cook. I know I'm going to like it. Are you saying that my food all tastes the same? No, 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 no. Because there's some bits that you, you do side quests. You can go and like do a bit of stealth. You can go and collect your backpacks. It's all different, but I just know I'm going to enjoy it. Nice save. Mm. Um... I will happily play Spider-Man 2. I'll probably really enjoy it. But it's just, it's more Spider-Man, which is fine. It's just not the big exciting reveal that 
this showcase needed. No, they needed a reveal at the end. They, they could have started with this. In fact, if they'd started with this, then had another game as like a big reveal. Maybe like starting with this and then putting like the Metal Gear Solid thing at the end would have been probably more of a weird thing well, to end on. the Metal Gear thing is not platform exclusive um, and it was a very badly kept secret. So it had all leaked. So that wasn't something to end on. Um, I mean, you also sort of make a point there ultimately that this was the PlayStation showcase. And in terms of first party studios, what is Sony PlayStation working on that is coming out this year? Spider-Man. That's it. And even then they didn't give us a release date. It's just this autumn or fall if you're in America. So the whole point of the showcase for me is what is Sony releasing over the next year? Like, why did I buy a PS5? What am I going to be playing on it? And I still don't know. PSVR 2 shooters. It at the end of this. I'm, yeah, some fucking bullshit PSVR 2 shooting games and maybe I'll be playing it on a handheld screen by the end of the year. Like, no, that's, that's not what I want from PlayStation. So the thing is, going through these games, there are games here that absolutely I will play. Um, like Metal Gear I'm super excited for. Obviously, I'm really excited about Final Fantasy 16, but I already know about that already. I'll happily play Spider-Man. I will play Never. I will play the Absolute Developers game. I'll play the Night in the Woods follow-up. Like, on paper, plenty of stuff that I'll play, but collectively in this showcase, it just felt really like, meh. There was nothing there that I'm like, wow, that's really exciting. That's brand new information that I didn't know. Or, you know, there weren't enough release dates. There were too many CGI trailers. I still don't know what I'm going to play in the next year. I also hate the whole format of this showcase. It's just, it's a load of trailers put together without yeah. any, you can't no time to breathe. Them. There's no time for questions. Like as a journalist, this would have been E3 and you'd go and speak to people. There's nothing of that. It is, and I'm, I said this in the Eurogamer newscast this morning, this uh, sorry, do you do you give swapping joysticks a shout out in your newscast? No. Well, um, therefore, the this, we'll we'll censor that out. This showcase is the gaming definition of this meeting could have been an email. Yeah. Like you could have just sent me a press release with a load of YouTube links, and I'll sit and watch them. Like but, that's literally all this is. It's just a series of videos. Lucia has an interesting comment. Haven't we? Uh, have we? Haven't we been also broken down by showcases that were shit? That this one was par for the cost. But the thing is, like some of the ones that are shit often just involve games that people have like a kind of indie or a smaller games that people haven't heard about and sometimes those are the kind of the more interesting ones because you're like i don't know what this is about but actually this looks interesting and you follow it but it doesn't blow you away when you first see it because you're like what the hell is this and like i i can appreciate from a publisher side of view yes let's just or publisher's point of view um let's just put together a showcase digitally and we don't have to higher a venue and it's ultimately cheaper and we can just go straight to the consumer and yes that's lovely um but even then nintendo directs feel more exciting and like sony just haven't nailed it yet in terms of this kind of style of showcase or direct the nintendo ones it's like okay we know we're gonna see you know 20 minutes of zelda the next zelda with gameplay or whatever else um they're like a good little surprise though don't they they yeah, feel it's like, like they the know one what... more thing and all that that we that we know to expect. And with Sony here, it's kind of like they just didn't. I don't feel like they had enough to show to make it feel exciting. 
And when it's just trailer, trailer, trailer of gun shooting, gun shooting, gun shooting, you just become numb to it and it, it you just lose all excitement. Would you have finished it on anything else? Or was that the one to finish on? What they needed was a one more thing after... Well, actually, they should have started with Spider-Man because that's what we knew was coming. So start with Spider-Man, then give us... Mix up the other ones a little bit more and then give us a one more thing at the end that maybe is just a teaser, but it's like, hey, here's what whoever else is working on. I mean... Give us a little teaser for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth or whatever it's called. I mean, Square Enix aren't going to do that until 16's out. But yes, the equivalent of that. Or Jack and Daxter. Here's yeah, here's a remake that or a new game in a series you didn't know you wanted. Or here's um here's the Last of Us live uh live service multiplayer game. Here's which Death I know Stranding you don't too. Right? Like which I know you don't care about the Last of Us, but that is a huge deal that they should be showing off. And it's Marvel meant to be coming Snap out soon. PlayStation version. Um and these are very rarely showcased usually cost. Oh yeah, but there are some like the wholesome games showcase. Yeah, there are they plenty of indie focused ones. Indie directs and, and all there that. are plenty of indie games in this that in all honesty, I they on the one hand were some of the more interesting games. On the other hand, strip them out. This is about Sony. Just give me what Sony's working on. That's what we want to see. Marvel Snap in VR, that is what I want. Anyway. Uh, okay, well, that was the end Run of over. the podcast side. Um, stick around because we're going to play some multiplayer games. We're not going to play Gang Beasts because um, we're going to play a game that people can, uh, many people can join in on. Okay. Chatbox. Because sure. I, I feel like we might be the only people that actually play Gang Beasts. Um, we'll maybe give a bit more warning next time. But yeah, so stick around. We're going to go and play some Jackbox. And um, yeah, the, and Ed's had a bit of wine, so he's probably going to get a little bit, you know, rough. Excellent. Uh, Andinus was ready for some Fortnite. As much as I love a bit of Fortnite, I've not played it in a while, but we should definitely go and play some. Or some Diablo when that comes out. Um, but yeah, this is Swapping Joysticks, your home of gaming and streaming and other content. I have been Ben Ostwick. Follow me at twitch.tv slash biggestbenus um, or on Twitter at biggestbenus1. Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at ed underscore knights on Twitch and on Twitter. And what do we do every Tuesday? What do we release every Tuesday? Oh, we released Inbox, um, which is our new mini podcast where we answer your questions. So you go to swappingjoysticks.com slash inbox and send us uh, whatever questions you want to ask us, be it about, preferably about video games, whether it's something newsy or just a burning desire that you have. Let us know. Um, you can keep it anonymous if you wish, and we will answer them in the next week's podcast. And also, if you go to jetstreamers.fm, uh, it is back. So those that you d uh, who don't know, Jetstreamers is around the world. Another podcast. Another, honestly. Well, the inbox is on the same feed. This is just this. This is a separate feed, though. Jetstreamers is around the world trip where every single leg of the journey, I interview and chat to a different streamer. It's back after about an eighteen-month hiatus, and I got to chat with Donatart, the wonderful drag queen of bacon. So if you want to go and check that out, go to jetstreamers.fm. And we're currently in uh, Ashgabat, I believe. Abash Ash Ashabat, Ashgabat, I think. It's the capital of Turkmenistan, which we flew from Baku uh, the other day on Tuesday. So, and that will be continuing. There's a few people I need to go and reach out to to see if they will join for future ones. But yeah, we're going to eventually make our way all the way around the world. Um... 
hopefully I'll, I'll make it, I'll probably stretch it out a bit when we're in the US. We'll have a little prop plane, you know, crop duster, that type of thing, um, going from kind of town to town. But it'll, I, that's the one thing actually I'm looking forward to is like when we go to the US, being able to kind of find, maybe find a streamer from each place that we're going to, um, which at the great. moment that I don't know many Turk, many, I don't know many Turk, many um, streamers, but maybe there are some. But we're about to enter like India, Nepal, and places like that. That's not too far away from where we are. So we are we are making progress. We did start off in Cardiff. We won't be ending in Cardiff. Uh, we'll are you going to end in London Heathrow? I was thinking maybe we'll touch down in Cardiff and take off and then go into London. You know, so we've do, we actually have done a full. No, don't loop. touch it. <laughs> don't touch. Don't touch Cardiff. Yeah, jet streamers will be renamed to dock streamers. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but that will be um, that will be a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And actually, uh, I didn't encounter as many bugs in the 18 months that I've not been playing Microsoft Flight Simulator because um, it, it is. It's, it's in Microsoft Flight Simulator that we do it. So it's a real-time journey around uh, around the globe. But yeah, we've... Um, before, I used to switch on autopilot and then autopilot used to just dive it nose first into the ground and or into the sea. And luckily, it didn't do that this time. So I feel like they're learning. They've well, no, no, I'm. They're learning. The AI is. Um, and you. Well, I mean, it's just me clicking, turning on the AI, and that's it, or the auto, the copilot, or the autopilot. So that seems to they've ironed out a few of those kinks. And uh, yeah, we will be back with more swapping joysticks next uh, Thursday. But we'll also have the inbox episode out on Tuesday. And uh, well, do you have anything planned for this week? No, we've got a bank holiday. So we we're going to play with a new TV and I'm going to play some more Zelda. And I'm very excited about that. And then we're going to go and visit your parents. We are. On Sunday, which will be very nice. I'm going to get a drinks trolley. Maybe not on Sunday, but at some point. Yes. Some, I'm very excited about that. Um, and then we get Monday off, so that is a, a joy. But yeah, my uh, streams, the Final Fantasy fourteen stream, which I've, I've uh, another game that I've been playing, but I won't talk about that. Uh, I'll be doing that on Saturday instead of Sunday. Very nice. Well, we will see you next Thursday for more swapping joysticks. Until then, keep swapping. And keep talking about that until I can press the stop recording button. Say it again. Keep swapping. Again. Keep swapping. <laughs>